So, Malcolm in the Middle. I'm really glad we opened up with that. <laughs> yeah. Great um, place to start. I've seen that show a lot. I thought that show was very... I thought it was underrated funny. Oh, yeah. There was some very, very funny shit in that show. But, yeah, it's it's wild to think that the goofy dad that I think it's in the, the, the trailer leading up to the show who's beginning shaved, his wife is shaving him, that turned out to be this amazing actor on one of the best shows of all time. Yeah. Did not see that coming. No, it, that 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 show is amazing. Yeah, he was in his tidy whities in both shows at least once, I believe. <laughs> that, yes. And every time I'd say, like, why one? Why did I ever do that? And two, who went back to that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a do you hit an age where it is like I just don't give a shit? Yeah. I just want to. I just want some some comfort and some security. Tidy whities He's getting his Homer Simpson on. You won't catch me <laughs> out there like that. No way. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And you know what? If you did, we'll support you. I mean, not physically. Not as much as the tidy whities <laughs> Not as be. much as them tidy whities will, though. <laughs> well, thank you, you two, for coming. I do yeah. appreciate it. Uh, Joey, I actually didn't catch your last name, but that's also because I didn't ask it. Jaworski. Joey Jaworski? That's it. It's a tongue twister, bro. Yeah. It's a full that's a full that's a full name. Yeah, I'm cursing my soon to be uh firstborn son with it as well. I'm a junior and he's gonna be the third, but uh when uh w- when? March fifteenth is the due date. We actually just had the baby shower on Saturday. So this May ninth. May ninth. Yeah. Wow. I got one coming May 9th. Still can't name the fucking kid. I can't I can't well, that it, when we talked about names, it was like, well, will it be a boy or a girl? What are we thinking? We kind of gave each other some names just to see what we were thinking. Do you not know? No, no, we do know. Oh, like when say. we were still when we were still thinking about it, and we hadn't found out for sure yet. Uh, we were talking about it, and I said, "Well, I'm a junior. I never like promised my dad I would name my kid the third or like continue that." But it is a free name. You don't have to decide on anything if if it's a boy. And we were like, yeah, probably. You know, we'll think about it. And then as soon as you're at the uh, point of no return. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's once you get to the third, it's well. No, yeah, I agree. If he's the third, if he has one, he's like, I can't. Who's gonna be the one that stops this train? We actually, one of the other members of our band yeah, uh, is very familiar with this. Uh, the other guitarist, Rufus. The man's name is Rufus Hayes Jones the fourth. That guy's awesome. With yeah. a po- with a name as powerful as that, you can't, especially with being the fourth, you can't not Rufus keep that James? Gun. Rufus Hayes Jones, the fourth. Yeah. Oh. That guy, yeah. in my mind, rules a part of England. Yeah. Or is invading England. <laughs> Maybe he got one of those certificates that gave him a, a plot of land. Uh, what was that? Uh, established titles. Okay. He became a yeah. lord, maybe. I'd give I him, can see that. I'd give, him, I'd give him part of my house just for that name. Oh, Good right. for him. And so his son's the fifth. Yeah. Just, yeah, who's gonna stop that? You, you gotta, can't, especially the fifth. The yeah. pressure. No <laughs> one's gonna be like, well, yeah. Oh god, that's gonna also gonna break, hurt your gonna dating prospects too. Like you're the fifth. Yeah. Best case scenario, I have another Rufus. Like I don't even have an option in this. <laughs> I mean, but like you said, it's powerful though. You you've never even met the man, and you're willing to sign over a part of the deed to your house. I'm imagine, willing to end this podcast and just look him up. <laughs> imagine if you yeah. were attracted to him as well. Yeah. I kind of am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. That I don't sense. need much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been with the same woman for 15 years. I could turn on easy. It's funny. <laughs> I want. I wonder what he. What I want to see what the mental image of him is in your head to what he really looks like because I'm sure you have it wrong. Well, he's t- he's six two, <laughs> he he's he's six two for sure. Yeah, I'm not. Pretty... I I, I want to give him like a Nordic look, yeah. like like I don't know if you guys have ever seen like the like the show Vikings. Yeah, yeah, Hulu. yeah. I'm there. Yeah, he's one of those guys, blonde beard. I mean, you're both so close and yet so far away at the same time. What, am I he right with the He looks like me, just bigger. 
just Looks exactly a, a scaled like up Julian. Bigger. And no, oh, really? got the dreads. No beard, yeah. Well, he shaved it off recently, but he did have it for a while. Yeah. So oh, if he was so a I black would... Viking, it'd probably yeah. be about the same Big as dude, what you're too. picturing. Yeah. Like, is it weird that I'm even more into this? Yeah, like he, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big dude. That's funny. Well, good. The, congrats, Rufus. I hope I hope we meet one day. But Rufus has hit the fountain of youth, though, because Rufus is almost 20 years older than him, yet we all look the same. We all look like we're in five years of each other. Some of them do. So there's people like, it's super frustrating that they just look, they just, they age really, 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 really well. I was watching, uh, let me see, I can't really see it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Rufus. Yeah. Good for you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching, and I do, I have these. I was watching, I just started watching West Wing. My uh, my buddy, Ken Schneck, he runs the uh, uh, the Buckeye Flame. He's been a guest on here like 10 times. Just okay. Turned into a really good friend. And he's like, you got to watch the West Wing. That's the hospital one, right? That's in the West. That's like a okay. White House. I was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, like, West he, Wing, he's yeah. like, if you like news I was thinking room of, or, um... First, I was thinking robots, but then I was like, no, that's Westworld. So there was a bunch of West oh, yeah. that were coming up in my head. I'm like, which one is this one? Yeah. yeah and I was just like, uh, yeah, I'll check it out, whatever. I trust you. And he's like, yeah. if you like, he named other shows like Newsroom. It's an Aaron mm-hmm. Sorkin show. Okay. And I got like one episode and I was like, yeah, this is really, I love those those kind of dialogue banging off each other is really fast and witty and funny and all at the same time. Is it and like, then Rob Lowe walks into the picture. Uh, and I text him right away like, my God, he's attractive. He's <laughs> a good looking guy. He is so good looking. <laughs> and, and everybody knows it. Especially him. I gotta say, maybe... But I think he's probably a nice dude. He looks... I want to believe that he's a nice he guy. Comes, like, he's, he so, looks, he's so he good looking, I get upset. Like He comes on screen, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. But he does come across that way that he would be surprisingly genuine for how attractive he is, which is unfortunate that you have to say it's surprising that somebody would be genuine at that level of attractiveness, but... Because yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want them to have two positives. Yeah, yeah. everybody's got to have like something that you can like yeah. knock them I want Rob Lowe on. to be dumb. Like, yeah, like I mean, so he, dumb that like people have to use small people like people on set walk around and they're like, remember, no big words in front of Rob. He and his name is Rob Lowe. It's two total syllables. Yeah. Like there's a reason for that. Five he can't control more than those syllables. You got to really dumb it down. <laughs> Rob Lowe. No, but every interview I mean, he's really nice. And people, his co-stars like he's a good dude. I'm like, yeah. fuck, yeah, everything, everything about him. <laughs> it was interesting. I started watching that show for a little bit, and the cast is incredible. Yeah. Like I. Not just their individual. Is it a drama or comedy? It's a drama. I mean, it's a well, drama, but there's funny shit in it because of how they bounce off each other real fast. Is it's it real really like espionage? Because I like that. Did you ever watch Newsroom on HBO? No, I just got the HBO subscription over um, COVID. Okay, so I'm just like it's it's you can tell in the writing that it's very similar to shows like that, okay. and it's stuff that I, I dig. I, I like shows I love, like that. I love all the stuff where it's like. Oh, this person's trying to overthrow this person while being best friends with this person, and this it was, guy's a it was sleeper kind of more cell nitty agent. Gritty than that, it was yeah. kind of like the the day in day out grind of people that work uh, in the White House under this fictional president. It was more yeah, it's one hundred percent not like it is in the White House. Yeah, but I like that because there's no way they're all friends. There's no way that oh yeah, yeah. I mean there's I, it just there's just things about this. I'm, I'm waiting for the dirty stuff to happen, and I know it doesn't. Okay, like uh. Like the show Veep is a straight up comedy in uh, mm-hmm. about almost the same thing, 
but the entire show is just what you said. It's backstabby, yeah. back end deals, it's shady crap. It's like this is the only way to get things done is, you know, if you want this to go through, you gotta let all my dirty shit go through too. Yeah. If you want me to keep my mouth shut about this, I'll keep my mouth shut about this. If you do this too, that's what that's, that that's what I think it is. That's what the show Slow Horses is on Apple Music. It's with um Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman is such a good actor. Great. Um, and it's real slow, but it's with all the MI5 agents who have all screwed up. So they all get put into this, they call it the slough house. And it's where all the slow horses and all the like screw ups work. And Gary Oldman is like the chief of all of them. And he's just a cranky old man who like walks. Is this old or new? No, it's brand new. Really? Okay. Yeah, they just came out last year and they just finished the second season. And it's so good. Just all, all the, the, Oh, you let this through, so you gotta let this through. So yeah, and, it's just deals. Yeah, yeah to keep but the, half keep of the them are going. idiots, so it's a little bit comedic, but it's also serious yeah. too. I like, I like all that. I've seen every, I've seen every like, cop show, sheriff show, like SWAT. And <laughs> I can't. I can only get into it's same thing with the hospital shows. I can't. I can't get in those. I can't get into those. My man. wife loves watching those. I have found. Like, and my family has gone through, like, seasons of, it's cop shows now, it's hospital show. Like, they've gone through it all. My mom, uh, for the last few years, was on, like, uh, period pieces, like, uh, uh, what's the British one? Downton Abbey and stuff like that. Uh, my wife doing... and my sister love watching those. But the, I always found that, like, the pain would... in your voice is, I yeah. feel it. It's palpable. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, like... Can we turn this Like, you're off? going through something. Yeah. And the like, exhaustion. Can we turn, well, because they're so like, long, a lot of those off, man. We were watching that one Amberlynn two days ago. Amberlynn? I, I don't even know that one. She's the one who got beheaded by King Henry. Oh. And he said she was adulterous just so he could kill her so he could marry her homegirl. Well, he had a reason. <laughs> he was like, be worse. Logic, and, if, but if, they were if, merciful. It'd be worse if he's like, boredom. <laughs> they they were merciful and they they gave her the sword instead of the axe. I was like, it's I would smoother, probably want us. It's a smoother cut. The yeah, sword is a smoother cut. I was like, it's something that I'm saying. I have no idea if that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to make the story better. But <laughs> I have to believe it. We were watching it, and but it was a what do you call those docudramas? Yeah. So you would watch 20 minutes of them acting, and then it would switch, and you see this British lady talking about what was going on i said this is boring i'm i don't want to go from the 15th century to 21st century and keep going back because i can't get into it yeah they're i do love those because i really i love those because i love the actors that are on the docu side oh. i'm just like hey i was so you're really of, building up your resume i was one of, <laughs> i was one of those it was the mess was so we were in the 80s oh god it was uh it was a uh, Crime Stoppers. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's well, like unsolved mysteries. Like I love that stuff. It was I, I was hilarious. I was in the pool. We had to. They needed black swimmers. It's. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know all of them. I said, me, him, and him. <laughs> and, and so all three of us. You know yeah. all the black swimmers. Yeah. <laughs> so they needed to do an '80s piece, and I had hair that I could pick out to a fro at the time. So I called my buddy and I was like, hey, they're doing this piece on this on this this uh this movie and we gotta go to Chicago and film at this pool. 
and we filmed at the actual pool that the murder took place. Crazy story. Guy basically killed two people at a pool, went to jail, was about to get executed. Then the Innocent Project found him innocent right before they stopped all that. He got all this money and they um, went free and they found the real killer. And he confessed and said, oh, I killed them, all this stuff. But it was all BS. Basically, these people, a bunch of fabricated stories and lies, and they got somebody who was drugged out, and they coerced him and threatened him. Like, hey, we're going to send you to jail, but if you confess to this murder, we'll give you $2 million, and we'll let you do this and this and that. You'll do two years, and then you'll get out of jail. No. They just left him there to rot. And the original killer who got off was the original killer and in the first place. So it was a crazy story. And the guy was in jail for a long time. And the movie that we did actually got the, the innocent guy out of prison. That's um, Anytime the Innocence Project gets involved, someone's getting off. Because when they, they get involved, because they, they, I know they get thousands of submissions. But when they get involved, they found something super... It, that was, was not done correctly. It was it was it was crazy. So and Dateline, the, that's what I'm thinking of. That's the one that we oh, watch. Oh yeah. We do a lot of Dateline. It's like forty seasons. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> At least you won't run out for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. And the 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 court system didn't want to let the guy out of prison because they had already been made a fool of once. So they're like, Oh, we don't want to get made a fool of twice. So then that's when the people from Cleveland, they made the movie. And we all took everybody over to the pool, which was in the heart. It was in a bad area. And we shot from, we were supposed to shoot from like 9 p.m. till in the wee morning hours. But the pool had closed for the season. So it was cold and the lights weren't on. So they had, they had to go to Home Depot and, and bought like $700 worth of lights for the for us to be able to shoot and we're in the water swimming probably about an hour or two maybe three pretending like it was warm but if you turn off the heater even for a little bit the water gets cold it was so cold we're sitting there pretending like we're warm having fun playing in the water we're like yay (laughs) but yeah that was my period piece that i did that was your period yeah And, and and i did a very good um Gunshot. When I hear the gunshot, I go. Did you get your? Is this recorded somewhere that we can watch? Yeah, it's, it was on Netflix. It was oh, on Netflix for God. like, like four or five years. But now I think it just went off. There's a DVD. They have a DVD. If I can get my hands on it, I'll I'll, I'll send it to you. It's got to be somewhere. I have an IMDb credit for it now. It's somewhere. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Did you have it? Was that the first entry you had on your page? Yeah, it was my first entry. I don't have the picture yet, but I I, I want that to come soon. You should have just gone out on top and don't do any more acting. Like, yeah. She's like, I nailed this. There's no reason to do another role. <laughs> I mean, that's what they say is the most difficult thing when it comes to acting is pretending to be warm when you're cold. So, like, you've already I was ascended. so cold. <laughs> so, and, and I and I have, I had the one actor filming on the side with my little um, flip out Sony cam. And we were, we were freezing, just playing, pretending like it was warm, but it wasn't. So, if I do look like I'm warm, then... You're good. Props yeah. to me. It's funny. Like, I was about to introduce you guys, and as soon as you said your last name, I started fangirling over Rufus, <laughs> and I never actually got to you. So, very, very sorry. Jewel Big Green. Thanks Jewel for coming. Jewel Big Green. Bud. Hey. <laughs> 
I mean, we have to kind of immediately pause now that you've gotten things to be going again, specifically because you might be the first person this year to say his name correctly. How else would you? People always call me Jewel Big Green. and No, they call me Big, Big Jewel, Jewel Green. Green. Big Jewel Green. And it irks me. But I, I, I don't like correcting people. So I'm like sitting there. Like I think this. it's okay to correct on your name. I do sometimes. But sometimes if it's like super impassive. To be fair, Big Jewel Green reminds me of Big Joe Green when I was like growing up. Uh, the football player. Well, but also I, well, also I can read and I've seen your name in print. So it was not... But quite frankly, but, it, but it's 50, but 50, people half the time they, they mess it, it up even when they know. Like my homegirls, sometimes she messes it up because she's thinking of it. She's like, I'm cognizant of it, and I still mess it up. Maybe just change it, you know. At this point, I, I think it's just fine. Too. Well, you can't because your ID. I, I yeah, ID, yeah. Well, that's I under su- my government name. Oh. I I was smart because I don't want to be later on like ludicrous Chris Bridges. Now it's Chris Bridges or. Clifford T.I. Harris. Not and then and then like the rock is really trying to take the rock away. Yeah. I'm like, buddy, I don't know you as anything else, and I don't yeah. care what your real name is. Right. You're the fucking rock. You win yeah. an Oscar. I'm gonna say, did you guys know that the rock won an Oscar? I don't give a shit what your name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rock's like, how I know there's you. There's other people who can like T.I. He's doing more acting or more acting than he is rapping. So you can know him as Clifford, but it still sticks. I wouldn't want that. I'll it's stick with still, T.I. I'd say T.I. Harris. Yeah. That's the best way to go. Ludacris is still, because that's his name, yeah. Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Bridges. <laughs> There's a lot of rappers. I'm that... sorry that people keep jacking up your name. No, it's it's cool. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I'm vaguely remembering now. Because people call me Big Green, and then they'll forget. They'll be like, Big Green Jewel? Yeah. No. I've never seen anybody put that one in writing, though. We get Big Jewel Green Half the time when we hear it, it's actually when it's been put on like a we chalkboard played at, or a marquee. We played at Lock Three, and it was Big Jewel Green in the um everywhere in the backstage. So I went through, and he watched me. I went through on each one. And I scratched them out, and I wrote Jewel Big Green in green in well, my like, green marker. I guess it's one thing if if we're talking like if you're playing a show yeah. in 1987 where there's yeah. no internet, yeah. or no Instagram or Twitter or basically where your name is plastered in 50 different places yeah. and done interviews with 50 different places and played x amount hundreds of shows that right. you can't find out what your actual right. name is. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. You, you don't get that that's people I don't know. I don't have an excuse for that other than there's a just, you know, we're getting dumber with more information. <laughs> yeah. And people people forget it. One time, we go on Fox A. I'll, shout out to them. We go on there like once a year. And they were saying Jewel Big Green, but then one person said Big Jewel Green. So then everybody else subconsciously switched. And I was like, oh, it started so good. And, and it switched. And I was like, oh. everyone else was, no one wanted to step up and just look it up. Yeah. I was like, have we been doing it wrong the whole time? Oh, it's Big Jewel Green. Oh, never I mind. won't say your name if I'm... If unsure. I'm unsure, I use my wife all the I'm time. I'm very good at that. I'll say I'm super good at that. This is my wife, and she'll, hey, yeah, what's your name? <laughs> and my wife is she'll super say it aware super of loud, so I yeah. can hear. Two seconds later, what was her name again? Yeah, my wife is super aware that I'm bad at that. So what, like, if I run into someone, I'll be like, good, awesome. I am so sorry. This is my wife, Carissa, yeah. and then she'll introduce, and then I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that didn't help me. I just know your name now. I still and remember I, who you are. I hate it when people don't say their name. I just introduced my wife to my buddy's wife, and she didn't say her name. And I was like, 
I don't know your name. What are you trying to hide? Oh, I saw somebody Why like I saw someone at a wedding about a, two months ago. Yeah, and uh, we started, and I knew I knew him. Yeah, but I didn't know how, or certainly didn't know his name. And we were just talking, 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 and he's like, "Yeah, I know." Just like in college, I'm like, "Okay, college." We went to college together. Yeah. I'm narrowing this down to like four thousand people. Yeah, and uh, or two thousand because he was a guy, uh, but it still didn't help. That's funny. And by the end of that, I'm like, still no idea. I spent a lot of time with that guy, too. That rarely happens. <laughs> Usually, I'll remember where I met you, what you were wearing, what we did, almost down to, like, the way your laces were tied. Yeah. But I won't remember your name. I'll remember all that stuff well, before I'm, I remember I'm good name. at certain things. Like, I remembered you. Yeah. As soon as you said, like, the prior one's like, I, I went right to the Zoom meeting. I'm like, that's who that is. Yeah. Random snapshots. I take random snapshots of the most useless information. I don't have a photographic memory, but I can remember vivid pictures of certain things yeah. of the dumbest things. Oh, um, I did, when we're like watching like TV, and we've been doing this with West Wing, I'm like, that was the uh, principal on Buffy the Van Byers Slayer. He's like a five minute yo, cameo. I, just, I can't remember where I parked though. <laughs> hold on. I just sent my, um, where did I send it to? I just sent my wife this meme. And it was like my ADHD at when we're watching a TV, and then it showed the husband, and and, and it said Is that Leo him saying, yeah, him saying yeah. everywhere this actor has been and what they've done, and, and, and I sent her that this morning because I definitely do that. We were watching Prison Break because she's never seen Pri Prison Break, and everybody's in that show it's from free, yeah. Haley uh, Cuoco from Big Bang to Demi Lovato as a kid. To there's so many actors in that. And I'm like, oh, this person was in that, and this person was in that. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. It's it's yeah. yeah it's <laughs> there's a really good documentary. It's on Netflix. It's it's called something like The Guy from That Thing, mm. and it's a documentary about all of those actors. You it see is, them, you know exactly. You know that's an actor. Yeah. You have no things. idea what their name is, but they have been in a thousand things. And it's wild because I'm watching this documentary. I'm like, oh my god, it is that guy from yeah. that thing. Yeah, it's the coolest documentary because That's they funny. managed to grab the people that are universally recognized, but no one knows their name. There's gotta, a bunch of people like that. I gotta yeah. wonder what it's like for them specifically on the street because there's people like musicians or people who help things on the back end. They call you are, the wrong name. Well, but you know, you'll get people who are wildly successful who will never be recognized on the street and sure. they love it. But then you get the people that have been in so much stuff but maybe weren't quite in front of the limelight long enough in any given thing to get yeah. the name in there. To be that guy walking down the street and somebody like comes running out of the coffee shop. Hey, the 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 the, uh, the guy from the from the thing that the, like, literally have two hundred credits on IMDb. Like literally have two hundred credits. The dude Cliff Curtis. He's a, I know that name. He's Who's played, he from? He's in everything. He is. He he's played everything from the Rock. Oh, yeah, I from the Rock's guy. brother. I can name ten movies. To that guy's the been in. the Mexican in Training Day. Yeah, he's played every ethnicity. He has. <laughs> that guy has played. Uh, he's played Samoan. He's played Mexican. Yep. He's played uh, uh, Arabic. He's he's played yep, all yep. of them. There's a there's a reel that somebody made. It's a private. It's an unlisted video, but somehow I have access to it, and, and it's um, all his different roles and all his different ethnicities. 
Then you get guys like there's this one actor who's played the same cholo looking dude in everything he plays. You, I know you're talking about Hector. 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 Yeah. Hector. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't matter. He's got this. That's he's got the same thing. Yep. The top shirt. Sons of Anarchy and Mayans. Yeah. Man. Yep. Yep. He just walks in. It's like, he's hey, in it's Hector. Everything. And then exactly as soon as he walks up, I'm Hector. You just know it's going to happen. I will say. Honestly, I actually didn't know that guy's name because because of that. Yeah. Because I think he might have been not in that documentary, but he's one of those guys. And mm-hmm. I was like, I got this fucking guy's name. And he's in every West Coast music video. Yeah, he's from Little Scrappy had him in a video. YG just had him officiate his wedding in a in a music video. He's in he's in every. I feel like that's kind of kind of got to be a good gig because yeah, like I feel like like if we were all casting agents. And we're all like, well, you're, we need somebody, or, the and we don't want to. Yeah, we're like, we need somebody, Latino background, uh, tough, yeah. kind of gives. You know who I'm talking about? Just get that guy, please. Yeah. And everyone's just like, yeah, we'll get him. What's uh, Manny? Yep. Is his name Manny? And everyone just sits around, and finally, someone looks it up again. Yep. But the, everyone it's, knows it's, it's that always dude. that guy. If it's not Tony Trujillo, then it's him. <laughs> and then, and then there's the cuz, and then there's the the younger generation, and there's like the same five guys, and it's the one guy who was in Sons of Anarchy, but he was in the the Wimpy Biker Gang that was beef. I know who you mean. Them. Yeah. Yeah, I know who that you guy mean. who was in like. Crank and all those other Walking little... Dead. He was actually in the Walking Dead. Yeah, he's in all the other side roles of that. There's but... so many. Yeah, I mean it's endless. It's endless. Like how many there are that, I mean, that are like that. At the very least, it's it's like job stability. You know, if yeah. all you do is a few really big roles, but they're few and far between, yeah, I'd probably rather be the guy who does the same thing over and over again. Because well, that know, was that's the thing. Like you're always that gonna dude's need... not auditioning. He's well, gonna walk in like, you want me to do this again? I've done this three thousand times. I'm the That's why people guy. get typecast. Yeah, people get typecast. That's why it's hard for commercial actors to switch over, unless you, those Allstate act- people. Yeah, I'm never gonna believe them in anything else. He's in like a few movies, and people can only think of him. I heard this especially from a from an agent because I have friends who act um, professionally in yeah. movies and TV, and they were talking about the Orbit, the original Orbit girl. Mm. She had such a hard time finding a job because everybody was just saying, Orbit, Orbit, Do you, Orbit. Do you guys know who Rebecca Gayhart is? That name sounds familiar. You guys, so like, I don't know how old you guys are, but I, I'm... 32. 32? 25. Fuck off. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Ruth You're 25? Thank you. Amy was just, we were just talking about that because Amy was like, how old is Joey... And I said, he's 19 years younger than Rufus. I said, and Rufus is 44. I said, Joey's 25. And they're like, wow, I forget. But you look at us, you look at a picture of us on stage, and the only person you can pick out whose age is Uncle Craig, our bass player. Yeah. <laughs> you look at him, and you know he's the uncle of the group, but everybody else, it's a. I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> Your <laughs> age. I used to babysit him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. This is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> This it's kind of so... cool that this is finally getting out and it's going to be documented somewhere yeah. just how bizarre some of this stuff has been. Yeah. I'm not saying that you look old. You don't look 25. Yeah, the beard has certainly contributed to that. The first, So the first time I ever played a show with Julian, well, actually, more importantly, the first show ever that Julian you played with the original, yeah, the original lineup of the band was, um, it was actually at a show that 
my dad's church was putting on. We were doing these hip hop nights in Cleveland in Slavic Village, and we had a drummer that was playing with us for a while. And we had a guitar player and we had a bass player, and the bass player was Julian's older brother. And they were all here just playing. Julian was driving down the street, saw that we were doing stuff, came in. They just started improving, and literally the band was born like right then and there. Oh, really? Fast- I, I needed to have a band before I was just doing strictly hip hop. Yeah, but I played. And I wanted, I've been wanting to switch over, and that helped me switch over to the live music thing. So, so and can I, I kind of want to get into, because I can't, I can't think anymore about your age. I just can't. You got to move on. I get it. <laughs> it's honestly, it's going to, I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight. That's funny. The, uh, <laughs> I just, I'd be, I'd be like 32 to 35. Yeah. It's similar. Yeah. yeah. And you look younger. Yeah. But if you're like 32, I'm like, that's cool, man. Yeah. But it normally doesn't go in the opposite direction. Right. Oh, I know what I was going to say. There's a girl, like growing up in the 80s and, and like early 90s. I looked her up. I know you're talking Rebecca about Gayhart. Yeah. So she's an actress. But the first thing that she was ever in was this Nagzima commercial. Oh. And she was known as the Nagzima mm, girl. I forgot about Nagzima. And I finally started seeing her and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, it's the Nagzima girl. Because like you were talking about like some people just, you can't break that. It's typecast. And yeah. I've never known her as anything other than, oh my God, it's the Nagzima girl. So and so married the Nagzima girl. Like, that's all I talked about. Well, yeah. it's interesting seeing those people, like, you say it's hard for them to get out of it. And you see people like about to break out of that orbit, but yeah. then it never quite happens. One of the most interesting examples, I think, is the AT&T girl. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Lily something, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, she was actually doing like an interview show on YouTube, like back in the early days of like when people were first starting to get stuff like that going. And then she got this gig as the girl, the AT&T girl. And then she got cast as Squirrel Girl. Speaking of Marvel stuff, you know, yeah. everything comes back to Marvel or Disney eventually. Uh, and she got cast in it. But it's one of the movies that fell by the wayside when, you know, a bunch of stuff kind of got, you know, thrown up when it was at its peak. But then when stuff started dying down, I think it just kind of faded. Uh, but, you know, you think, oh, the AT&T girl, she's about to move up to be uh, like a named superhero in a Marvel property and then you know the wind blows the other direction and it gets canceled yeah i mean you know she's uh an interesting case though because she's actually directing all those commercials now um like any of the ones that you see her in and you know she's acting with people uh she's like actually stepped up into a, a directorial role for a lot of that stuff so at least she's not so caught down that she has no choice she's got control over it and she keep chooses to yeah, keep doing I it can, but, yeah like yeah, it's funny because the commercials, those those commercial people become so well known. Like again, the Allstate people, the uh, the AT and T, the Can You Hear Me Now guy. Yeah, like, I mean those are mayhem. Like, so just known for that, and, and then, then we went to Sprint, right? The uh, oh yeah, it was like a big yeah. thing. It's like he went to Sprint. Can you hear me now? He put the phone down, and then he picked up one that had Sprint on, and was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And then I looked up what that dude made, and I was like. That's a fucking amazing game. On that one first Sprint commercial alone, he would have been set for life. Especially once you get to the Super Bowl type money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Super Bowl money. Like, I've seen Mayhem act in a few mobster movies. And, um, because he has that type of thing. But now I'd just be thinking of Mayhem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. Like, yeah, you're God. The commercial, you're the commercial, you're the commercial <laughs> I do, guy. man. I just get such a kick out of that, and I can't. I am that guy also that can. I have to pause a show or a movie. I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? And I yeah. gotta look him up. I love for all its faults, Amazon Prime. I love because you just pause you it, just and it's click. got the X-ray, and it's like everybody's name right then and it's there. So Saves me great. so much googling time. That's literally right up there with Shazam, as far as like I think the best invention. I of love all how time. Amazon does that. I always be Shazam and stuff all the time. 
sorry, we can't we can't find this track, especially for Netflix, because Netflix has a bunch of people just making songs just for that, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. won't release them, so you can't Shazam them. Or I was watching these these low budget indie films on Stars, and I saw this guy, and I was like, "Where are you from?" And I kept looking, but the IMDb for that movie only has the two main actors, yeah, and nobody else. I'm like, oh, where's this guy? So I tried to find his name in the credits. Still couldn't find him because he wasn't really that name. It made me mad. I was like, I, I, yeah, that's everything that we just talked about is kind of, I'll do it tonight when you guys leave. Yeah. I'll be watching a show. I'll hear us because that's honestly, that is how I, for the most part, that's how I find new music mm. is I'm listening to like, a, it's a movie, in the background. It's a movie or a show. I was like, Okay, okay. Don't you hate it when you can't find it, it, though? It's a fucking, yeah. It's so... It's heartbreaking. It's very annoying. I'll do the Shazam, and I'll be like, what good are you if you can't find this? Yeah. Then I'll literally go to, like, Tune Find or something like that. That's that's usually my go-to. And And I'd search through the episodes, and they'll be like, no info. I'm like, come on, man. I was watching Stars, and I heard this old-school hip-hop-sounding song. I was like, oh, this this is really good. Couldn't, couldn't find it. I, I bet I bet it. I Shazam something five, six times a week. Easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. And then I have to take pictures of them. Screenshot. Because so go I have later. it. Oh, yeah. And I flag like the episode and the season I'm in mm-hmm. so I can look it up in more detail because I can't find it. I have anything. it set on my phone. So now all I have to do is hit that and now I'm already Shazamming. Hell, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a in, ingrained into my That's phone screen. I I boom, boom. I'm going to, I'm going to, you, you're only one of like maybe, I don't know, five people in like 180 episodes have actually brought something. We're cookie people. And you're the only one that's brought cookies. So props to you, man. We're, co- we're cookie people. <laughs> Dude, my wife was just like, oh, are those cookies? And I'm like, you're not on the podcast. <laughs> Tell her to calm down. So I'm definitely going to eat one. Anybody want a cookie? I'm not yes. going to say no. Of course. Well, why would you? And you said you're expecting when? May 9th. Got you. May, well, technically, she's expecting. I'm not going to do a whole lot. My part's done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You'll be expected to be there, though, for sure. Oh, I plan on it, weather permitting, for sure. Yeah, I'll be That's there. That's one thing I, get it. I, I get said, it. and I know people say, oh, we're pregnant, we're pregnant. I, I, I told my wife, I said, after the first few times saying that, I really, I was like, I don't really like saying that. I like saying, she's pregnant, or she's like, that's why I say we're expecting. And I said, oh, yeah, that's better, because... I feel like I'm giving myself too much glory saying, oh, we're pregnant. I was like, she's pregnant. Oh, yeah. I hoped. I don't, like, people say things, like, all the time, but just about, that's amazing. Like, like, like when are you guys expecting? I'm like, well, she's going to go to the hospital around May 9th. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be there because I'll probably drive her, but I'm not doing anything. Because my part was fast and awesome. And I'm not <laughs> dealing with all this sickness, Mark, because I'm a month behind you. And um, my wife is super sick. And I've seen her sick three times in the 10 years that we've been together and now throwing up is uh, a normal occurrence and just like oh this it's wild because it hits everybody kind of like my wife's a lot of fatigue first semester super fatigue mm-hmm. but not really sick yeah and same thing in terms of like I, I have a, I'm a a large family I have seven nieces and nephews so I've seen a lot of pregnancies between yeah, my yeah, sisters yeah. I've seen some bad ones some good ones some easy ones, some super rough ones, mm-hmm. a lot of weird like cravings. My wife hasn't had that. More sweet. She likes. Oh, that's why she wanted the cookies. Mm. I should give her one. But like nothing. Like you know, my sister was just like, yeah, man, like peanut butter and pickles. I'm like Ew. that's 
But she, and she same thing. She's like, as soon as I had that baby, I was like, I can't believe I ate that. But something about it, it's just different. It hits different. Everyone's different. You can't have this as chocolate. Not yeah. Not only does it dog, hit everybody way. different, like entirely, it's like levels with everything. So like my wife went through the period where it was like getting sick over every little thing, and she doesn't have any weirdly specific cravings, but she has weirdly specific things that are bothersome, like the temperature of water. Like for a whole week, it'll have to be ice cold, and then the next week, if she drinks something ice cold, she like feels sick to her stomach. She's got to drink lukewarm water. For That's a why few I was late. Now. I was getting different things from Sam's Club because because it yeah. changes. My wife, she loves water. She always has like two water bottles on her at all times Same. Mine too. but she can't have water right now it's it's she's forcing herself it has this nasty taste to her so she's drinking LaCroix oh, okay all different types of things and she hates it because she doesn't she's not a sweets person I am and now still- the only thing that's been tasting good is sweets right now but, see my wife isn't really a sweets person either. she'll have like holidays and stuff like that but like a couple times I'll eat whole box by myself What's that? I ate that whole box by myself. Those are so good. Actually, I snuck two pieces out on the way here without breaking the seal. How'd you do that? Because I'm good and I'm a professional. (laughs) I'm a cookie fiend. (laughs) You notice that there's more in the middle than there are on the sides. Oh, my God. There are. (laughs) Ask this man about his favorite song that will never perform live. Oh, it's not my favorite, but. I, I I I had a song. <laughs> I'm blown away by this. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there. I was like, I could be a shoplifter if I wanted to be. Oh my god! <laughs> I literally, and I did it while I was driving too. Oh my god! I shouldn't I shouldn't admit that. Talk about, talk about multi talented artist. I will rapper. get the cookies. He's the songwriter. I have a song called Kool Aid and Cookies, and it, I love I love cookies, especially. I used to have it here. It was Campbell Sweets. Campbell's. Uh, oh yeah, it's gone now. So that's my brother-in-law. He's Campbell, and his dad started Campbell's Sweets. That was. Popcorn. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I would be up there like, oh yeah, give me all the extras, give me this and that. And I'm not even a popcorn fan, but their flavors of popcorn are so it's good. Really good, yeah. And they had this thing where every once in a while they would have the extras, and they would set aside like the red velvet, this and that, and they would make this everything cookie. Some people call it a kitchen sink cookie, and it's everything in the cookie. It's so good. It's so good. I would, I mean, I'd pick a fight for a red velvet cookie. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just. That's but it's jam. in there with, like, the the M&M's and the peanut butter and the Oreo and yeah. all that in one big cookie. And it's just good. It, it sounds kind of all over the place, but it's just enough because everything's proportioned right. Also, it's it needs to be noted, Joey pushed the mic away while he was eating. I've never done that. I eat and drink and talk and breathe and burp right into the mic. I was I trying just, to eat. I was like, I was like, let me try. And oh, eat I don't. Quietly. It's honestly, it's just not that nice of a podcast. You're gonna hear that. <laughs> I'm just. He has recorded himself enough times that I'm sure he's over it. I have not recorded my own voice enough times to even be over just yeah. the sound of my own speaking voice. So for speaking me to voice. know that it's going out there, yeah. and then on top of that, I'll know when I'm chewing specifically because I won't be talking. I just wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Same way you won't be able to sleep at night knowing that both I'm as young as I am and that he's a good as, as good of a cookie thief as he is. Because let's be real. If you gift somebody a package of cookies that's pre-portioned you out. I was like, I can't eat. I can't open this before I get there, even though I don't think he would really notice because it's just the clear plastic. 
But as, as, as oh, I, I don't think I would have noticed at all. No, but I was like, I want you to it. open it. I'm never going to forget it now. But now I'm going to be happy knowing that I got it without the <laughs> seal. Would you Oh, that guy that came over and he brought like 10 cookies, but ate two of them? Yeah. Yeah. Before he got there? Yeah. <laughs> I, slipped them, I slipped them out the side. And I was like, like just mm. bringing over like a piece of cake and you already ate the corner. I had, I had <laughs> to like, keep I it. I thought that cake was square when we bought it. No, I had to keep it now. symmetrical too. I was like, oh, one from this side, one from that's this side. That's the funniest thing is that you're in. Picture you in the car is like, oh shit! I ate both the cookies out of the same row. I got to even it out now. Yeah, that's good like, for you. Good for you. I'm actually going to. Uh, I'm going to actually get my wife a cookie. One sec. The whole category. Wait, it's a friend. That's a weird thing to hate. That's like hating dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like if, so, if someone's like, I don't like, you know, like I don't like like spicy food. I'm like, all right, I can understand that. Some people just don't dig mm-hmm. that or something like that. It just doesn't like. Sweets. I don't like sweets. Sweets didn't do anything to you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Sorry, I'm getting They're upset. good for your, like, I might be like, you have a problem. Yeah, it is weird. So It's for every occasion. Me and my next door neighbor, my across the street neighbor, we always get each other, um, at random times throughout the year, we'll get each other Keebler cookies. Ooh, yeah. And so I bought her a pair because it was October the 11th, and that's um, uh, for anybody who's seen... Parent trap. That's a that's a significant date in that. So I was buying the the, the Lindsay Lohan one. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the other one too. But I bought her a pair because I ain't seen I ain't seen her in a while. And then I was like, oh, I'll buy some for me and Amy, and then I'll buy some for them and their family. And I ate my whole um, my whole my whole uh, I ate my whole box before I got home of Keebler cookies. And I bought it at the um, the steel yard, which that thank God I made it out of there alive because you know yeah. steel yard is kind of crazy. You can never take it for granted up there. No, and I made it out. Ooh, from, that place is like from steel they yard got stores. They got this, and all of a sudden it's like, is this Beirut? Yeah, that's crazy there. I had finished so from steel yard to about Granger exit on 480. That's not that many exits. I had eaten all rows of the cookies. The whole thing. Before I even got home, I had ate them. I was like, I don't even want the last two, but how am I supposed to show up with two cookies left? So I got to eat it. No, you're right. And then- It's actually worse. If there was like, if it was like 10 cookies and you showed up with two, it's weirder if you didn't eat all. Mm-hmm. It's like, why'd you come this far and just stop? Just mm-hmm. do it. So I, I eat them and I was like, well, uh, and I got home and I knew my, wasn't gonna eat, my wife wasn't going to eat any, but I was like, I said, yeah, I got some cookies. When I was like, and I told her later, I was like, I ate a whole pack on the way home. And she goes, you have a problem. That's why when I go grocery shopping, I either have to go to stores that I know don't have my favorite things, or I like have to force myself to put all the groceries in the back seat so I can't reach everything. Mm. My big thing in terms of like just snacking on it, and it's weird because they're not seasonal by when they're available, but they're seasonal by when they're good. Mm. Maybe my favorite just like sweet thing to have a couple of is the Enemans. Like cake with the chocolate crusted donuts. (laughs) They're no good in the summer because they're too hot. They get sticky and the chocolate doesn't break. But man, you get one of those like this time of year or fall. You get one of the boxes, but there's only eight of them in there. So you show up. You had a couple. You think you had a couple on the way home. There's two. Like you said, there's two left in the box. And now you're the guy who ate most of a box of Enemans donuts. Yeah, I can't honestly, man. Growing up, we had that Enemans, those uh, the, the chocolate donuts. And the uh, the, the church donuts. Oh yeah, and the strudel that was in mm-hmm. our house the all the time. Every 
the cheese I don't know Danish. if my mom went to the store twice a day. It was there was just always a full That's pack of both, <laughs> so always in the house. It's crazy. They make the little powder donuts, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. those things. <laughs> Snow. We might might talk about music. I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, but, but it's I'm, I'm pretty into. It's fuel for it, you know. Also, I do love food. I don't know how I'm not 300 pounds because I love food. I can. I'm like, going on a cruise like, by the end of this week, and I told my buddy, I said, I'm not eating good before because I've done that before, and I got sick because the grease on the cruise food hit you too opposed hard. Opposed to yeah, it hit yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the bathroom for 12 hours, literally on my on my cruise floor, like ah, oh, I was supposed to perform. And and I was just like on the ground. I was like, I can't play. I was like, my stomach hurts. And so I said, I'm eating some greasy stuff. People have said like, like, oh, you're going out. Like I went to a Curacao uh, in November, mm-hmm. and uh, people are like, getting ready for the beach. I'm like, what do you mean getting ready for the beach? Yeah, like you getting in shape. Like why would I get in shape to go to the beach? Uh, first of all, I'm going with my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think is gonna happen that, here? That's like we're we're so we're going for my buddy's um, bachelor party, and. We're me and the one brother. We still live up here. Everybody else moved down to Florida. I introduced my buddy to all the Florida friends that he has, and so he's down there chilling and all that stuff. Like when you coming down here, Huntley? I said, I'm not. I said I'm never. It's too hot down there, and it's not a treat when you go down there. Plus, y'all got thin blood and think 50 degrees is cold. So we're they flying do. down. Yeah. They do. So it's like nuclear winter down there. Yeah. So we're flying down. And then we get in, and I was like, well, pick us up on your way down, because we're going to West Palm, and that's still like an hour and some change from Miami. And they're like, no, we're taking such and such's car. And then the other guy was like, well, I can rent a van, and then we'll all just get in the car. And the one buddy's like, no, I need to be comfortable. And I said, wouldn't you be more comfortable in a bigger car? And he goes, no, because he's got a ride style, because he's got an Audi. and got a, He's like, he goes... You might as well drive a U-Haul with those speakers in there. He's the one who's got a Sonos speaker in every room of his house. Oh, yeah. Like, always has the music bumping right when he wakes up. Boom. You don't matter who's in the house. (laughs) Who's sleeping. You're awake now. Yeah. And so (laughs) it was funny. I'm flying down with his brother, and then it ended up that we're probably going to either rent a car or or my cousin's going to pick us up or something. But I was like, all right, you guys do whatever. We'll, We'll just figure out, and we'll just see you down there. And then, so we're going through cars, me and his brother, and he sends me this Mazda, and it was like, you want to get this? He goes, it's either that or you want to roll around and focus. And I said, I'm 32 with the kid on the way. I don't really care. <laughs> I said, whatever has the least gas mileage. Just, I said, but, you know, I get it. The young homies. <laughs> gotta look, you got to look good. Got to look. Got to front. Yeah. We got uh, my uh, my wife's parents are in Florida, and yeah. they're they're moving up here now. But they've been down there like fifteen plus they're years. Moving, so they're doing the reverse. The, well, they're well now baby on the way. They're oh, like uh, gotcha. they're like moving up here, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, will they do the snowbird thing where they still try to go down in the winter? Probably or? not. I don't think they like doing all that traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, they'll probably visit for sure. They got a lot. I mean, they've really been down there fifteen, maybe eighteen years. A long mm-hmm. time. Gotcha. So they have a lot of friends down there, gotcha. but. Well, we announced the baby. They're just like, yeah, well, obviously we're, we're we're coming back. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna get it like a condo or something like around here or Westlake or something like that. Is this your first? Yeah, gotcha. First only. First, first of us. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, sure. I just yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm excited. Honestly, the the my I have weird child fears. Does it feel like almost like it's not real sometimes? Oh yeah. Like I I, I like oh when the baby I heard when the baby comes then and even sometimes you're like. Oh, is this real? Yeah, is this mine? Yeah. 
Are we mm-hmm. sure this is like the the final one? Especially, like the... yeah, especially because my wife doesn't really look pregnant unless you like make the silhouette of her like push in. But just wearing normal clothes, you can't really tell she's super tiny. Mine can't either. <laughs> yeah. Mine because my my wife's like five six. She's pretty slender. Five five six. Same, and yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I couldn't tell. She's starting. <laughs> she has a belly now. You can see it, but yeah. still. Depending if you're on out which, and about, it's winter not yeah, time too, so yeah. it's it's not super noticeable. You're wearing the cardigan or the sweater yeah. or whatever, you can't really tell. They're actually just at at his baby shower. They're like, "You're pregnant." Like his sister's like, "You're pregnant." Yeah, I know. You're like three weeks pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's 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 something I'm. I, I don't think I'm gonna get used to it. I'm just not. But I mean, I have just weird. I'm doing stuff like I've, I've there's a room upstairs that I've just been gutting. I'm redoing. I just everything. finished painting. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm so. just I'm, I'm tearing out this closet. We're gonna redo the closet. This is turned into out. the dad and cookies podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry you brought that guitar, man. I could use, <laughs> but this is the real stuff, though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, our favorite one of our favorite songs to play is called Blueberry Pancakes, and it's about. I mean, I'll let you tell it. It's your song, but it's about the real stuff and the little things about the relationships that are important. And food is one of those huge bonding things. Well, like, and also, this is kind of this is the kind of stuff that I dig about doing stuff like this. It's the reason it's kind of like a long form podcast. Yeah, I want your personalities to come out, which you know, and, and start you know. People start under like if it's just a Q and A, fuck, I wouldn't even listen to it. Yeah, like, you know, boom, it's boom. just yeah, it's like so. Where did you get started? Do you like music? Of course you do. You know, I but I mean, it's like it. the stuff like that that kind of makes that kind of makes you guys yeah. tick. Yeah, for you, it's being surprisingly young, and you, it's stealing cookies. Yeah. So uh, I love. I used to it's go. It's the over rush, my, isn't it? I no. It's, just, it's <laughs> the rush of stealing. Is he going to notice rush that there's two of missing the, of the 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 crisp and the gooey bite? I love are, the because cr- gotta have that crust. I, I'm a crust person. I'm a crust over filling person. I love the crust, and when it's got that nice soft inside and crust, um, yeah. So, well, so you, Joe, you just mentioned like about kind of writing like a song. Like that. When, when you're writing a song, is it? Do you ever set out to write a song, or are you just kind of sitting? Or, I I don't know. I, I know it, it varies times, by people. Well, being a songwriter for a while. I didn't know what I claimed because when people would be like, oh, you're a singer, I'd be like, I'm a rapper. When people say I'm a rapper, i say I'm a singer. Or when people say that, I'd be like, I'm a guitar player or I'm this, and i just keep shucking it till I finally got to a point where I'm like, I'm a songwriter. That's my thing. That's where I would put, because again, when I, and I've been really in the last week, for sure, kind of just exclusively listening to, to your music. And it's all it's, over the place. In a good, a very, very yeah. good way. Like that is not at all. Because I want to be able to sell, and, and at any point, if some like big artist was like, "Hey, I want this this song, take it," I write two more of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even just that. It's it's even when I'm listening to like the to the the, the albums or LPs, like kind of like in their entirety. Yeah. Like uh, I cannot remember the name of it. I can the the LP itself, but uh, "Food for Thought" and "Alive" were right after each other. Yeah. And they're very very different. You know, very food, very different. Incredibly different. Yeah. And it, it's a cool when dichotomy full, between them. But yeah. the thing is. I'm rapping almost the same style and the same like, like almost quote not tempos, but I'm rapping almost the same style. Like both. the cadence is yeah. very similar. Yes, but the but context is so different between. Very also, vast. It, it, well, the music is also really. It's yeah. not necessarily like the vocals and the, uh, it is that is similar. Like if you took both acapella verses from both those tracks, 
you'd be like, oh. You could layer them over each yeah, other, probably. Yeah, you wouldn't think they're the same. But, like, when the live kicks off, it's like a pop song. Yeah. You know? It's definitely, you could tell I was in my Lumineer bag at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, but it felt like, it felt like a poppy song. Yeah. Everyone's got to have a boom clap song, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, like, Food for Thought, which is literally the track right before it. Yeah. I mean, 10 seconds in, I'm like, definitely a hip-hop, kind of more hip-hop vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you, I mean... I never really look at it, and I purposely, I know you've done other videos. I purposely not listen to any other interviews because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to kind of be influenced by what I was hearing. Oh, got you, got you. And got I you. didn't want to even, even with Apple Music, I was kind of covering stuff up because they'll try to characterize it. And I wanted to just, oh. and there's been a lot of people on here. I Like one was like a, uh, Taylor Lamborn came on. Okay. And she was great. I love Taylor Lamborn. I did too, man. She's one of the sweetest people. And she's she super has talented. She's such a good voice. She is an amazing, like a super powerful so, voice. So, I feel like she's one of the most underrated people in Cleveland. Like, oh, I do too. How good and, she but, is. But, you know, she's like, you know, folk pop country. I don't, I mean, yeah. she just bounces around. And, and she's I love a ripper that. too. Yeah, very, she, very good. She very, rips very on good. the guitar. But, uh, but that's the same with, uh, with a lot of your music. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's not. I can't categorize it because there's soul, there's R and B, there's definitely hip hop. Be like, I'm but pop. then it will. There'll be like some pop song. Then I'm like, yeah. is this like an indie folk song? Yeah. Like, not necessarily again like the vocals themselves, but the music for sure yeah. is all over the place. Yeah, in a good way. And sometimes I'll just be, and that is a testament of who and what and where and when I grew up, and all the different influences. My sister always listened to her boy bands and her pop, and my brother listened to like his hardcore and all that stuff. And me, I liked hip hop. So they naturally all just like kind of just that's I, you know I think Flacco and HR three talked about the same thing they're they're just influenced oh, yeah. by a lot of different yeah like because y'all were talking about um, Tribe Call Quest I was on a walk with my dog and you're like what's the DJ's name and I was just like Shahid <laughs> and I was trying to remember it's killing me yeah it was killing me <laughs> yeah we're all just like why do not none of us know this yeah yeah. And that's like if you were to ask me if I had to at any day of the week ask me top five hip hop, I'm tribes in there every single time. Yeah, every single time. And I only got on hip onto them because like he was talking about going back and listening to stuff. Yeah, I never really did that. I grew up on that like two thousands. I love that two thousand sound, which had a lot of Pharrell influence. Which he is single handedly. Him and Timberland are behind all the pop stuff. Yeah. And so they influenced both. So I love that that two thousands wave sound. I did, t- did you ever see the uh, the Beats Rhymes in Life the 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 Tribe documentary? No, it's really really good. But they they, they allude to it a little bit. Yeah, you know, like because they interview Pharrell, uh, and, and Pharrell's just like Pharrell's like when Low End came out, yeah. no one was touching them, and then like they're like without Tribe, there is no Kanye, there is no Pharrell, yeah. you know, yeah. things like that. It's just. And I think with them, because they had a, a career that spanned 13 years, yeah. but maybe only put, I think they only put out four albums yeah. in that time. Yeah. They broke, it just, they were, I think they were kind of road dogs too. Obviously, Fife had some medical stuff, but yeah. that was the, they're still just to the, I, I, they're, I listen to them every week. I, I hear one of their songs. And they helped influence, because I met Holbrook in college and we were in the jazz program, but I wasn't really a jazz person. It's just where I landed playing guitar because you're either playing classical or you're playing jazz i was like i like blues and i was like i don't know anything about jazz i was like, i know smooth jazz value city and what my dad plays in the car um but it was cool because i would go to the the hartville um flea market 
every Memorial Day we would go down there. Have you ever been down there? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Yeah. And, and there was a a dude, and he sold me a little penny board, and there was a bunch of CDs. I was like, oh, this looks cool. And it was the Midnight Marauders mm-hmm. by Tribe, and so that was CD. And I used to play CDs. I still have CDs in my car, and I just kept playing the album. And that's how I, some of their old jazz samples, I heard those before. And then when I got to school, I'm like, oh, this is that song. But this is the original song yeah, yeah, where yeah. they got it from. Like, I didn't know Red Clay was a song before I heard. Um, that's a, they, they talk about that in the, because, uh, I mean, that's another one. Like, those, yeah. like, uh, Q-Tip was all over the, Ali is yeah. also all over the place yeah. in terms of, like, their influences and things that they like. And uh, they touch on that in the documentary. Like, they, like, you know. Q-Tip loves going to record shops. He, yeah. he and then Fife was always like, he's really good at picking these hooks yeah. and these samples yeah. that just go perfectly with our music. Yeah. And they were just, I don't know. It's a really good one. I think you can watch it on YouTube for free. Yeah. It's a really, really good one. I like watching that. I just watched a 20-minute documentary on um Vice. I think it was Vice. It was um about Sean Paul and how he broke in because a lot of people didn't like they liked all that like old school i said like too many times they had all that old school reggae and he was had that new sound and he was breaking into a pop world and they were real um like hesitant about his lane and what he was doing and his first his first song um I think it was Get Busy, that shake that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it was supposed to be like Glue was supposed to be his first song, but they ended up flip flopping. And it was just cool just hearing where the song came from. Cause there's a bunch of songs that have that same sample from uh that song that I all string together when I'm DJing and I didn't know they were all spanned from this one song called The Wally and all these songs sampled it, all the, the reggae songs sampled this thing. And this was cool. It's fun finding oh where'd this song come from where'd this person get this and i love watching genius the lyric people and they'll now start interviewing people and where and they'll break down like oh where'd this verse come from what was the inspiration i would love to do those one day because my songs be all over the place Where'd you I, get this from? I dig those. You know, they used to do stuff on VH1 called Storytellers. Yeah. And I, I loved it. I, I really, I thought it was really cool. I wish that, I honestly, they should, I, I'm sure there's reasons why I would have put out a different one of those every single week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, it's I love It's super fascinating those. finding yes. what came together, how this came, why this person did that, especially in movies. Figuring out, oh, we did this because of this, but we yeah. changed this because this person did that. And this part was improv, and this part wouldn't have happened if this person was yeah, here. Yeah, it's wild to hear those stories, and that's why that's why I love those so much. Because then you think about something that you, like a song you've loved forever. Yeah. Finding out the origin, like, uh, I, I know some people, like, you know, you can just interpret whatever you want. I understand the yeah. appeal, but I really love knowing where it came from i yeah I, I like knowing the story i like knowing like like uh uh for me i really have always been a big fan of like tool and perfect circle mm-hmm. um because in maynard's lyrics a lot of it's a joke mm. and but you listen to that you're like oh it's like the darkest heaviest music the but lyrics people, he's just like there's a lot of humor and like it's a do joke. all these a- 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 crazy analytics yeah and then some of them make a lot of sense yeah and then sometimes they're just reaches but 
people go, oh, okay, we'll go with that. Sure. Yeah, there's a bunch that, that I just I, and I can never get enough of just kind of listening to the the, the way the, the the progressions of the songs, how the songs came up. You find out some of the songs you love that you think are the most complicated things in the world. They're like we wrote in like ten minutes. It just yeah. we started. There was only one way to go, yeah. and that's what ended up, and we're happy about it. Other ones got shelved, and we never thought they were going to come well, out. Yeah. And we brought them up years later. Well, especially alt stuff. You know, uh, a lot of genres talk about typecast again. You get a lot of genres where you imagine. Even if it's not true, you imagine that the inspiration all comes from the same place. Yeah. Country, it's all about the stuff on the farm. And hip-hop, oh, must be all this urban stuff. Yeah. Alt music and, and heavier stuff has always been really interesting to me um, because it gets... It's not even that it's a shock value thing like some of the original alt and heavier stuff was, but just the very nature of it separates out people who are into it and people who aren't. Yeah. And then the people who aren't, they just associate like, oh, it must just all be this angry, must be, you know, this terribly violent person or whatever. You hear it, like you said, Tool and some of these other people that like, no, like it's all a joke. Like there's nothing in here. You're not seeing into a deeper part of me. Yeah. It's just what, you know, how I express this. This is a joke thing. I thought of and we wrote an entire song about it. And you guys think it's about sometimes yeah i'll do that i'll write a song with the personal meaning that and just keep to myself and like maybe a few people or uh and then there's a meaning that i want you to feel and then sometimes that's different from the feeling that i know people will feel sometimes i just try and screw around hoping that one year Somebody will listen to the song, and on the tenth time, they'll hear that one thing. Yeah, I call it like my Andre three thousand moment because his lyrics, I listen to it thirty, fifty, a hundred times, and then later on, I'll be like, "Why did I not hear that?" It's like my ear just opened for that thing that he was hiding in there. It's like it was in a time vault. You can only <laughs> listen to the song a thousand times before you get this deeper meaning of this or hear this behind that. And there's a lot of songs that are like that. Me and me and my friend. We joke about she's a wedding photographer, and we joke about making a playlist of wedding songs that are popular that that shouldn't be wedding songs. Oh yeah, because there's a lot of them, and I played every single one of them. My friends were I don't really like commenting a lot on Facebook posts and getting into like a thread. It's just like it's just too much for me. Even if it's a if it's a positive thing, it'd be fun. I just delete the whole post. <laughs> Talking too much. <laughs> um, I can't even read those threads. Yeah, oh, participate in them. My friend was saying, "Oh, what is a song that people play at weddings that shouldn't be?" And then somebody put in there, "Frankie Yankovic, She's Too Fat," and I, and they're like, "This gives me all the this hits all the note buttons." I said, "It does," and I played this at a wedding, and I had to dedicate it to the mother of the bride, and I hated every second of it. Because it was the only polka that was there. Yeah. And they're like, we'll just play it. And I said, are you kidding? So I, I sound like a jerk. And I was like, oh, this is for the mother of Brian. I said, but it's not. Like, <laughs> but please. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, too mind. fat for me. What? Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I, and, I and, I, and I think I was like, I think I deleted the song after. And if I haven't, I'm probably going to do it. <laughs> well, then you think about like, I mean, even go farther back and like the simplest Almost nursery rhymes. Yeah. And you find out the original, like that ring around the rosy. Yeah. It's about the black death. Yeah, yeah. Or, I man saying that shit as a kid on the playground. Yeah. How did no parent pull me so I'm like, stop singing that shit? <laughs> yeah. Because no one knew. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I found out years later, I'm like, that's what that. And then I said the lyrics in my head again. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. That was 
We well, actually have a song where we put "Ring Around the Rosie," but it's about not killing me in a like in a relationship kind yeah. of thing. Oh god! And I yeah. said, "Keep your pocket full of posies." Keep yeah. your pocket. Yeah, yeah, because it's like keep yeah, the best yourself. Stuff is super. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of songs. It's really funny when you have, and that's a songwriting trick where you have something that's super positive and darker lyrics. Mm-hmm. I did this writing course with um, the lead singer of One Republic. It was one of those online things, and it was like. Yeah, sometimes you can keep it happy and happy, or but a nice thing is sometimes keeping it a little bit dark when it's happy music and vice versa. The word the 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 it's more I think it's more weird when it sounds sad, but it's actually happy. I I do yeah I That's I, more, I I do like those where yeah. it's and there are some that are just in. It's like oh this is such a sad because the music supersedes the lyrics. The, Unless the, you're the, temp, the, the tempo takes over the, yeah. The tempo will take over the casual listener's mood more than the lyrics. That's what that grabs them first. If yeah. it starts off kind of slow and and, and melodic, yeah. it automatically puts them in kind of like a okay, this is a yeah. a deep kind of melancholy song. There's so many songs that yeah. are so dark, and everybody loves it. And you're like, you know, we're talking about. There's a lot. Yeah. You can, I mean, Google that. Anyone that's listening, Google right now, like 20 songs. I promise you, yeah. there's a thousand articles about this. 20 songs that do not mean what you think they yeah. mean. And or, it's terrifying. Or like, there's um that one singer, Hozier. Or oh, Hozier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a song called Cherry Wine, and it's such a pretty song. It sounds so great. And I used to play at weddings. <laughs> and then. This, this bridesmaid comes up to me. It's like, you know what this song about? And I was just like, no, do you? She goes, yeah, it's about domestic violence. And it, and he and I thought this song was about wine because I, as much as a lyricist as I am, I listen to the sound of the lyrics and how they come out. Mm-hmm. That's why I listen to a lot of foreign music and I could rap it back to you without knowing what they're saying. My wife's just analyzing every word. But the lady's like, yeah, not talking about wine. He's talking about blood from punching people and this and that. I was like, oh. I was just like, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but I've played that at so many weddings prior to it, and everybody was like, oh, these songs are so great. Um, well, like, especially like in that, I don't know, like for something like that in that scenario, if, yeah. someone, if I'm DJing like at a wedding or something like that, and yeah. I play a song that is kind of universally just loved as a whatever fun song, and yeah. someone's like, do you know what that's about? I'm like, I don't. Get the fuck away from my booth. <laughs> The check already cleared. I'm going to finish the song. Yeah, yeah. Go enjoy yourself, you fucking downer. <laughs> yeah. well, there's, there's so many songs like well, that. Well, there's even songs that it's pretty apparent, but you still kind of have to have a moment where somebody calls it out or you see it written out. My favorite example, that's Pumped Up Kicks. It's not hard. It's right there. It's really it's, not. It's nope. not deep at all. But, but when that song comes on, everybody starts going <laughs> to it. Every sorority girl's like, Kelsey, let's go. It's a fucking super Same people song. that he was d- dissing in that song are probably the pe- first people that are like, I know I'm in high school. He loved that song. That it's, song. There's a, yeah. There, there's, there's, that song was so well put together. Hey, yeah, it's a terrible wedding song. It's about people not being happy with marriage. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and he even says it Tell right before. Tell that to anyone at that wedding. Yeah. And he says it right before the second verse. And he says, y'all won't hear me. You just want to dance. And then, and then the hey y'all comes right back in. Yeah. I love hearing that vocal. And I remember after, I heard it a bunch of times. And then when it actually set in, I said, that's hilarious. Oh, well, yeah. Because it's true, though. Like, everybody takes stuff and it... Not just 
even when it's vague or it's specific, people can choose to understand in a way, or even if they understand what the intended meaning was, it might have come at a point in their life or been in a specific situation where it's not even that the song means something, but it was associated with that time there with that person. Could not and agree it take, more. And it yeah. takes on a life of its own. It's like, it doesn't really matter what the song's about because when I hear it, I'm thinking of that time that we stayed up, you know, yeah. way past midnight that one time at that party. You know, and that we one were time we stayed up past midnight. <laughs> Uh, I could not agree more. We watched I, I a do. bunch of movies. <laughs> I, that, that's a well. Uh, I, you can go on and on about this, yeah. like uh, "A Brick" by Ben Folds. That yeah. is not a beautiful romantic song, in the least. I'll be watching you, creepy. I'll be watching you. Yeah. yeah. There's it's, another song where it's like yeah, the guy be sounding kind of kind of creepy, like yeah, you in the bushes. You ever listen well, to? I don't know if you know this song, uh, "Hungry Eyes" by Eric Clapton. I've probably heard it. No, Eric Clapton, Eric Carmen, Christ. I was going to say, I was like, I feel like there's a, we're really Two close, very but not quite on it. Yeah. Two very different people. Yeah. It's, it's, you'll know the song if you've heard it, because yeah. it was in like Dirty Dancing and like, okay. it's a really popular song. But like me and my buddy sat down and messed around with the lyrics. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. It's like, this guy's a stalker. Yeah. Like he's oh, just. Private Eyes, you mean? No, it's Hungry Eye. Hungry private Eyes is Hall Notes. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the funniest example of like, wait a second. Have you ever really thought about what you're singing along to? Is "Baby, It's Cold Outside," oh. and that hit mainstream like awareness oh, a couple years ago. A, yeah. But the yeah. more you pay attention, it's like somebody's really pulling this one direction, and the other one's pulling it a very different direction. But uh, it's so happy sounding. He's sitting uh, there with a, the eyes like um. What's his name in the wedding singer? I'm reaping the benefits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John so, Levitz. Yeah. I think the I think the line that I got like that, like you said, like that clicked, and all of a sudden you had to think about it different. Was when she said, "What's in this drink?" And I was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. Man, I don't know about this anymore, guys." <laughs> exactly. And that song has probably been people's wedding songs. Like that's my first dance right there. But, well, because we met when it was snowing outside, and it, but like it's also not untrue that it means something to you differently than mm -hmm. and it's not even that they meant something by it but you know you could also take a song that means something genuinely but comes off weird mm -hmm. i always kind of you know my my head always tilts a little bit when i hear that sean mendez song treat you better mm. because it's like i don't know going out there and trying to like convince somebody that somebody else is wrong for them but you'd be perfect for them like there's just kind of like a weird tone to it about like no i'm the one that you need you know like forcing yourself onto this that's other the hollywood person. Like, there's so many hollywood movies like that i'm gonna go steal you all the the old movies where the girl would be like fight for me whoever wins takes me and i'm like a lot of that shit does not age well man it, you're i was watching uh tokyo drift the one Devin Sawa is going against the one, the hillbilly guy. And, and she goes, whoever, whoever wins can have me. I was like, are you a toy? I was like, what the heck? That's funny. I mean, but that's a callback. That's call like the to... only Fast and Furious movie I've seen, too. That I don't calls, know why. That's the worst one. I've seen it like oh, okay, three times. Okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. It is not the worst one. <laughs> Six is the worst. Yes. Six is okay. the worst. I'm glad we but, can actually agree um, on I that. I haven't but. seen enough of them to gauge. I've seen I have all, all of them, including Band Los Bandoleros, which is in between four and five. And then, no. Yeah. yeah it's I in between so. three and four. And then I have Better Better Luck Tomorrow, which is the precursor to all of them. With I don't know what any of this means. Yeah. You know, I trust you guys. The though. funniest thing, though, it, it never occurred to me before, that that's, a, that's like a callback almost to in... Uh, uh, too fast, too furious. 
Uh, Monica! <laughs> exactly. You guys hash this out. <laughs> yeah. Let me know what you guys come up with. That's the reason why Ja, ja Rule, because he was supposed to be Tyrese's character, but then Ja Rule got a little bit too... Uh, he he thought of him a little bit more highly than he ought. Um, and then they're like, fine, we'll get rid of you and get Tyrese. But yeah, he was racing over this girl, and she's like... Win or lose, you can have this. Oh, I've and, seen that. Yeah, scene. and then yeah. when he's losing, he goes Monica. <laughs> so, then he runs off the road, and he's yeah. trying to go up and catch up to her, and she's like, "What are you doing? You didn't win." Yeah, he's like, I thought lot. you said win or lose. You yeah. know, there's a yeah, there's so many things like when I, I look Monica at because I love, Monica. I do, I love like '80s movies. I I never For sure '80s action, '80s comedy, '80s. They're just I love the, they like, never stop being no matter how bad they are. Like Sylvester Stallone, Cobra. Have you ever seen that movie? It's the mm-hmm. most '80s thing that's ever existed. Yeah. I just started going back through and watching Alien, the Alien series, and Predator, and I got so all good. the way up uh, to the current stuff on Alien. And I went to watch Predator, and I was like, "This is just not even. It's not even. But it's hard to call this and anything that comes out today the same." It also doesn't media. make sense because if a bunch of Green Berets in the woods can't kill one, how are you supposed to be out here paying and spraying a whole bunch? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's it's a. I mean, it's. I'm sorry, I love Danny Glover, but you're not gonna kill him if Schwarzenegger and all the homies. So, well, you know what? Honestly, until Prey came out, they 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 brought me in, and every single time, like this is the one that's gonna bring me back. They're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. I saw the second one. I was like, all right, look, I like Danny Glover. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, this movie is a dog shit. Yeah. (laughs) Then it was all these other ones, and I'm like, look, I like the one with Sanaa Lathan where they mark her. And they're yeah. like, you're one of us. And I'm not I watch s- that in clips, yeah. in YouTube clips, because I don't... <laughs> you don't want to support it. You don't want to endorse it. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want that in my watch yeah. history. Yeah. And I did that with the Adrian Brody one. And I like Adrian Brody, but oh, God, you're that- not going to a whole planet of them. And that was kind of cool. You know, like it's... I'm fighting the Berserker. But then it lost me. And then... But and then, an alien named Berserker. And, and then the, like, the, <laughs> they, they kind of got me again in 2018. When the 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 newer one came out, because yeah. the trailer, I was like, "Fuck, that looks cool." Mm-hmm. Whoever cut that trailer, oh, is that Oscar. what is the newest one that came out? And Prey. they're like, "Okay, That's Prey. Yeah. and it's and that That's was the one, one with like the like a bunch of indigenous and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Like, was it any good? Honestly, it's cool. I like it's very 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 cool. I like the way that but how they are they did supposed it. to fight with spears? They're like because the action scenes are cool. That's they're, they're, they're fighting people. them with, with oh, yeah. Yeah, the Spears. Yeah, haven't gotten to that one yet because I, like I said, I'm still working through it. All, I liked but, it, but it was it was somebody reviewing that movie that got me to go back and say, you know what, I've seen bits and pieces of all these original ones. Let me yeah. just go back through and watch all of them because even though it's a roller coaster, it's interesting at the very yeah. least to like see how it got you know oh, the yeah, ups yeah, and downs yeah. and everything. Because he was raving about this movie and how yeah. disappointed he was in the all the ones leading up to it. But he's like, I thought it was going to be more of the same, but then this one they just pulled it out of the hat yeah, with yeah. this one. And, and so if you do. If if you guys do watch Prey, please hit me up when you're done. I want to know if you understand the Predator 2 reference in it. it mm. They actually, of all the ones to make a reference to, <laughs> they make funny. a reference to Predator 2. And I was like, those motherfuckers. Well, I'll have to, now that I know that there's homework, I'm going to have to refresh on Predator right. 2 before I go watch Prey. It I'm is sorry for that. fun no, watching <laughs> like well, more Danny Glover, you know. sagas and watching them all the way through and seeing how they go. I was always... I don't like watching scary movies because I have an overactive imagination. And I'll just, like, think on top of that. You see that that doll everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll just, like, think and I'll, like, make it even worse and worse. But I never realized I was on a plane 
when we were flying, I was flying when we played a show earlier this year in Los Last Angeles. Uh, I saw a movie, and it was the um, uh, Scream, because it was on the on the TV. The original? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, this isn't that scary, and it's not like, it's not gory or anything like that, because I don't like that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is, this is not that bad. And then so then I went home and I watched it, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And then I watched the second one. I was like. Watch the third one. I was like, "Oh, we might as well finish it because these are interesting." Yeah. And then I watched all of them up to the one that they made like two years ago, and then now they're making a new one. But uh, is it Neve or Nev Campbell? Nev. She's not in this next one because they, I guess, they lowballed her, and yeah. and she was like, "Yo, this is." I, don't I did see because some of the people were kind of commenting like, "How are you going to have one of these without her? It doesn't yeah. make any sense." Yeah, and I guess I, I tapped out of those. I think after the third one, um, but like I really like the first one was cool. Yeah. It was a very I watched it all within a week. Yeah. It is kind of funny how this is like a new person, and it makes more sense other than um, I never really seen the Halloweens. But I was like, yo, this dude's probably like a hundred years old. How is he still coming? The, uh, Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis has been running for fifty years straight. <laughs> the, uh, the the Halloweens are 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 difficult because they're kind of the same. Where yeah. you're just like, so much shit happens in between. You're like, what's happening? But the timeline of it's not super. And then when they kind of started over again in 2018, yeah, they basically ignored everything from like Halloween two to Halloween seven. I heard three. They're like, I it's, kept it's, watching it. It's a brand it, new story. And then, it's a brand new story. Like he never got out after he killed his sister when he was a kid. He's been in. He's been in the same time for like 50 years. I'll read like a recap or a, a, a like um, Wikipedia and just do a quick run view rundown of it. And I was reading. I was like, what's what's the hype around these stories? And then I couldn't find three. I think it was three. I couldn't find it anywhere listed in any of them. That's horrible. And then everybody's like, we throw it out. Skip it. We, th- we throw it out. Because <laughs> so it was dumb. like, I guess it w- didn't have Michael Myers. No, in it. it didn't. It was so dumb. <laughs> yeah. They were trying to rebrand it to be a whole different thing. They rebranded it to a very unsuccessful piece <laughs> yeah. of shit. It was so dumb. Yeah. People are in the theaters is like, we. it's been like 45 minutes. Where is Michael Myers? That's funny. I don't think I'll ever go back. Sometimes old seventies movies are cool, but all that special effects and all that—it's that, hard that to. It's killing. hard, to, especially like in an action movie. It's hard to trump what they can do now. Yeah, but I still like. Uh, like they redid. Uh, so I do like scary movies. So they redid Hellraiser. See, I can't watch those. I woke up one night and that was on, <laughs> and I'm still scared. It was the first one, and I was like, the original. And I had, yeah, oh, that's so good. And I had a. I have a. Um, this um qr code box throw it out and the box turns into different things when you hold up your phone like yeah it can turn into a puzzle piece and it looks like the box yeah but it's plush and and i don't like because when them things came out yeah i yeah it's fucked i i just i do i love a lot of those original ones i was so scared and i was like and the and i couldn't fall asleep and i'm sitting there like this i was like i was like i was just sitting there praying i was like i don't like this movie i don't like this movie and and then and then, uh, and that's the thing when you get hooked a little bit, and then there's like third, fourth, and I was like, "What are these movies about?" Because they have so many, and because I was just looking up, because I never watch, I, 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 I can't, I can't watch them. But they came out with so many in 2005. Yeah. They came out with two in the same year. Yeah, that's like, which I know they're probably trash, 
because oh, that's right, what happened right. with um, the Matrix when they both oh, came yeah, out yeah, the yeah. same. It's just it's so hard to I, look. I'm sure they know what they're doing, whatever. But it's just so hard. all of those. I mean, you can name 25 different franchises without even trying. We just they just pumping. got stupid. Like and they Nightmare keep... on Elm Street became like a campy joke. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, he's in space. Okay. Or, it's just, they're all just got so te- Texas. They did a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think two years ago, mm-hmm. it was so hard to watch. It was so bad. Oh, the um, I watched this guy do YouTube clips and he'll commentate on the movies and just go and it's really funny because he speaks real dry, but he'll be like, oh, like that would really happen. Take that bad guy, <laughs> and he was talking about the latest Jeepers Creepers, and it was so bad. You mean another one? Yeah, I didn't even know one like that went straight to Redbox, not even the DVD, straight to Redbox, and it was it it was on a green screen. They killed the Jeeper. The Jeeper looked like a ghillie suit man, and the. What's the east and west arrows that stand on the top of barns? I, I know what you mean. He I, took I, that yeah. and threw it, and it happened to just go straight through the the thing's mouth and go. Wah. But it was it was very very bad. Real in the clips, based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> it was it was and and the pacing of the couple. You didn't know. We're like, are you guys boyfriend girlfriend? Or are you guys just friends? It it was a very See, any any romantic entanglement in those movies is baffling to me yeah because like if you're being chased by a killer you get bogged down so like god hope we get away where is this going (laughs) yeah like i mean are you feeling this yeah i'd be like i'll throw you in front of this guy i need to i need to live right i have stuff to do (laughs) yeah all those my buddy used to watch the brunt of my scary movie experience was at my friend neil's house he would always have these scary movies but you couldn't turn off his tv because he had a crappy one of those TVs with the snow on it. The shh. Oh, yeah. But the buttons fell into the thing. So you had to use a nail and push the right buttons to turn it off. You should have used something plastic, by the way. You very well could have died. Yeah. <laughs> it literally <laughs> Sticking a piece of metal inside <laughs> an old tube TV. And you, you, would, you would press the thing to turn it off. And you can't get to the cords because they were behind his fish tank. So he... And that's how I watched the first Jeepers Creeper. And I was like, oh... This isn't scary. <laughs> this is actually kind of stupid. And, and he would have these sleepovers and just put on all these scary movies. And I hated him for it. And then I got scarred for life watching Hostel. And that movie to this day. And and his TV would go in waves. So it would be full picture. And then it would fade. Because the TV was on its way out. So it would get real. You couldn't see. You're like, what's happening? And I remember I'm sitting there in the corner just like trying not to watch. But I'm like, Hostel was unnecessary very unnecessary <laughs> and i know it's the makers from saw yeah, yeah, yeah. the the eli the, roth yeah, yeah the first <laughs> sick off <laughs> punch him in the face i just everything i'm just like you, you need to do that yeah i, I feel like it. there's a there's a definitive line i'm somebody who enjoys suspense movies i wouldn't even say horror movies like one of my all-time favorites is i am legend not necessarily that it's the greatest adaptation of a book ever but right. that kind of like 
jump scares in a or circumstance. Or dis- Disturbia. Yeah, where like it pe- makes sense to be scary that you didn't expect that thing to come around yeah. the corner. But there's a very distinct, it's not a fine line, it's a very distinct line between, oh, it's scary because I didn't know it was going to pop out of the corner or when they turn around, now the thing's behind them yeah. versus like you're just going to watch somebody like crawl through a bed of old needles or like yeah. saw their, literally you're, you're, saw their own leg off. Yeah. Like, there's like just, your arteries, clock, like the first saw with Danny Glover wasn't, it was more storyline. It was good. I liked it. And, and and then my buddy had all of them. He and he would have them playing in the background. And it was like once you got to like the later ones, yeah. it was basically just a bunch of cutscenes of different cameos. Yeah. And, and there's a bunch of stupid. And yeah, that when when hostile, I was literally trying to poke the TV. I was just like, I said, Neil, turn this off, turn this off. And I'm sitting there watching. <laughs> well, I, I think one of the best examples of 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 I think one that was like that, but ne- didn't necessarily like there was gory things that you heard about, but not necessarily saw was Seven. <laughs> seven was yeah, I thought it was a fantastic. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> that movie was so good. Yeah, and because one, it was completely original. As I'm watching, I'm like halfway through. I'm like, who the fuck thought of this? Yeah, what complete coked out psycho? What's in the is box? Sitting in this, yes, <laughs> man. It's all of it. It's just that was a really good. I, that's like I, I Do you same remember? with you. Like in terms of suspense, I'll always lean more toward once. Well, even like the original Halloween wasn't mm-hmm. really gory. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's not that like if you took a picture, like a snapshot out of the movie, it's not that that snapshot would send shivers down somebody's spine yeah. just at the look of it because it's so disgusting or so off or whatever. It's in, again, context that is like so important for me personally yeah. Yeah. because like in the context of I Am Legend, when you flip around and a zombie is standing there, but yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. coming at you because yeah. you're starting to see like the humanity come back through because this is a person yeah, who is yeah. infected. It's not just some mindless creature and he's wrestling with that. Yeah. That picture in isolation doesn't mean anything compared to seeing you know will smith struggle throughout that movie and the fight between what he thinks is the right thing to do and what he's realizing is it's not necessarily that simple that movie was good. but again at the same time those screams like blood curdling fun fact i'm almost positive on this does anyone know who did the voices of those screams it's probably the same guy who does everything that once um see the andy circus or that scottish that Scott or news. You know who it is? I, it's like on the tip of my tongue because I've somebody else like pointed this out to me and I was like mind blown, but I'm like losing it right now. I cannot think of Adele. it. It's Mike Patton from Faith No More. <laughs> that's that funny. is right. And that's in it, when I heard that, I was like blown away. And I was like, then I thought about his entire catalog. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that tracks. That guy has like 25 voices. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite all time bands is a band called Showbread and they had. The, the reason that a lot of people found them is somebody took a cut of their song, Dead by Dawn, and, like, used it along with clips. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. I'm drawing the blank. Uh, what was the the one where he puts the chainsaw on his hand? Uh, I'm... Oh, uh, Army of Death. Army, Army of Darkness. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they took clips from that movie <laughs> and they put it over this song. And so, like, again, you have this association with them of, like, doing this thing. And you get all these images that, like, as you're listening to their stuff, you're, again, like, putting all that stuff on them. But they're just, you know, dudes. Like, you see them, you know, around. And you talk about, like, who comes up with this, like, crazy, yeah. wacky, wild stuff. 
the funniest thing for me to think about is it's not some guy who's got like the serial killer newspaper sprawled along his wall. It's probably some dude in a coffee shop with a beard who's just sitting there sipping his latte and like, and then the needle goes into their ear, you know, like it's people that aren't like deranged by the look of them. It's just people. And like, that's their outlet. I, I think that like that fascinates me. Like it's like, kind of worrisome how can you both do that in public and like not be like affected by that as you're writing it down but at the same time it's not always as simple as like scary stuff scary person you know i like i like some of the no resolution ones those are like there's a the the not the 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 remake but the original uh black christmas from the 70s uh the movie's terrifying because there's no end you never understand why he's doing what he's doing and the movie just ends no one knows who he is just get away with it that's it there's no Wild. reason as to why you, it's never really uncovered. Sometimes it's terrifying. Sometimes it is nice. There's, or when you end a movie and you don't know exactly what happened, but you can, but they're kind of alluding. Oh, he got away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ended up together. They smiled at each other. I just watched this. I've been watching randomly a, a few like cutesy love movies for some reason, but they've been hitting. And it's okay, man. Usually, usually they're <laughs> we terrible. We all got those movies. You're usually safe they're here. terrible, <laughs> and Christmas ones are even worse. Oh, the but I watch this, movies and stuff. Yeah, and, or technically those endings that are super, super over conclusive are Hallmark ones, where it, they not only show them, but ten minutes into the credits, they show them living together with their fifth kid. Yeah, and oh, I didn't need to out. know that. I already got it when they kissed. They they made up. But we watched this movie ahead. Um, Emma Roberts, which I really like her, um, and Madeline Petch from uh, Riverhead. She's a redhead. And um, this couple, uh, they ended up together, but they didn't show them. They just showed them meeting in in the bar, and she taps them on the shoulder, and they turn around, and they smile at each other. Uh, they're okay. just like, okay, they're together. Yeah. And then my, my wife goes... But they didn't. I wanted. I would like to see him introduce him to her parents because yeah. they're at the other side of the bar. And I said, obviously, if they're together, he's gonna take them over <laughs> there. I was like, I don't need to see that. But or what if she just like served him divorce papers? <laughs> you don't. You, you don't see that piece. You yeah. see, she. It's a summons for like she's yeah. suing him. You just don't see that. You don't see the lawsuit. Yeah, <laughs> I would almost rather you undershare and leave up the rest yeah. of my imagination than over and maybe like, you wasted ten minutes. For me to see the the conclusion, the the conclusive conclusive conclusion of this Why do over. You, how do you feel about when they do that on purpose, though? Because I think Inception was it was a great movie. Not taking anything away from it, but somebody like poisoned it in my mind. They're like, was the movie that good, or did we just keep talking about it because we didn't know definitively what the answer? Boom, was? Donnie Darko for me. Still no idea what that movie's about. <laughs> well, See, but I don't. But I won't admit that to anyone. I'm like, <laughs> fucking, that movie's powerful. I have no clue what that movie That's was about. Funny. Well, and it, like I said, it doesn't actually take away from it. That's why I said poison because it's not that it's actually not See, good. But I do Inception wonder. Inception like, is so great because of the the dreams, yeah. because of how vividly I dream. I was just talking mm. to. I go to the studio and me and the engineer. I would say sixty percent of what we do in the studio is this. Before we even make a song, we talk for probably an hour about, which is funny because if you meet the engineer that does the brunt of my work, you're talking to him. He's just like this. Yeah. He's a one word person. <laughs> but when we get to talking about fantasy and dreams and mirrors and all that stuff, we'll be talking for probably like three hours. And 
yeah, Inception with the layer of the dreams and the dreams. I was like, go deeper. I was like, slower. Oh, but it was a dream on top of a dream on top of a dream. Yeah. I'm just like, am I in this? Because <laughs> he, he was talking about lucid dreaming and being aware of your surroundings but not being able to move. And I said, I remember I had that and I dreamed and and, and I I had to wake up. But then when I woke up, I was still in, I was in another dream. And I was like, dang it. I was like, I'm not out. <laughs> but I remember that. Yeah. But yeah, that movie... I only watched that movie once, and then I purposely waited like eight or nine years before I watched it a second time because I knew it was that good, and I didn't want to ruin it. I never went back. Um, See, it's funny. Like I have, and then I watched it like four times in a row. I was gonna say I have other people I know though that were like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen," and they watched it like four times opening weekend. Yeah, not because they wanted to figure it out, but just like, I gotta see more of it. I gotta see more of it. I did that with Interstellar. I watched it, I think three times in the theater, and then. A million times outside of it. And I don't think Interstellar is better than Inception, but I do love space. And that first world that they go to with the water, Mm -hmm. I love that. There's very few movies that I think are really, 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 really good that I repeat. For some Mm -hmm. reason, I watch them once and I'm like, that's all I needed. That's more of a new thing I used to when I was younger. I used to watch stuff all the time. Well, because we didn't have Netflix and this and that. Like when I first got Four Brothers on bootleg, my dad brought it home when (laughs) I was sick. I watched that thing. I think eight times in seven days. Yeah, like I, I, I watch a lot of movies repeat. I've seen all the Bourne movies probably seven Love or eight times. Movies, they're just so yeah. good. But then so other good. ones, and they're superior movies. They're very, very good. They're award winning. Memento, mm. uh, Moonlight. I just like recently the- watched that because I'd only seen it in passing. But that movie, I was like, I felt yeah. like that 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 video that little black kid that's in the wind yeah. <laughs> when I'm watching. I- I was like, this was very well put together, but, but there's a couple that I'm just I like the ones that stand like the ones like Memento and like Moonlight and like uh um, That's Snatch for me. I could watch that movie a bunch of times. Oh, I've seen that so many times. I Same love... thing with Lockstock. Lockstock too. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> I my wife's falling asleep. This is like cause if we watch movies, we'll start movies late and she's out by nine o'clock, nine thirty. And oh my gosh, I was sitting there doubled over laughing. Because Snatch just has that like, it's so good. humor. It's so, and I like Jason Statham not fighting. He's, he's so, so good in movies so where he's not the fucking transporter. Yeah. Like, he and he's really a great, is good. He's a great martial artist, too. He's phenomenal. Oh, he's very, very good. But, I mean, he is so good at those. Uh, like we were talking about uh, like early on, like the, those dialogue, quick-hitting, kind of bouncing off yeah. each other. He's fantastic at that. What's I've, in the car? Seats in the steering wheel. That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, technically, he's right. <laughs> that line is so funny. I loved him in. I lo- well, I love the whole movie, The Italian Job, both the original and yeah. then the remake. There was something about that where he had the hint of that because he was really into the cars and the stuff, but that wasn't like everything about who he yeah, was, yeah, despite yeah. that being like the big part of his role. Yeah, the wit between that team as they're getting like reassembled to go back on that job, man. Most Def was so good in that movie. Oh, I had Italian a job? bad yeah, experience. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, All right, I'm he's really good. fat. Don't stare at him. I was <laughs> so mad. And he's just looking at him. He's like, stop. <laughs> I was so mad when I found out that they had canceled the Brazilian job because it was supposed to be a franchise. Yeah. And then. Well, I, I think that, that. Really? Well, yeah. I think that also uh, um, 
don't know if it had anything to do with it. Edward Norton was not into the Italian job. Mm. He didn't want to do. I think it was like a contract. I thing heard. That he had I to. really like him in movies, but I heard he's very hard to work. I with. have heard the same thing. I've heard he's really. I heard he was contractually obligated with the studio to be in that, so we could do other ones like uh, Leaves of Grass. Thing is what he wanted to do. He was so good. Oh, he was great in that. I, I, I do. I think that movie was awesome. I love it. It's it's a cool, fun action yeah. movie with it's a lot of funny lines. I love Charlize Theron. That's my. That's probably my one. In, she's in my top five. Just. I just uh, uh, the she's in she puts her body through the ringer like Christian Bale does. Mm. She's a female Christian Bale with the not to his extreme, but from getting really skinny yeah. to really. Big. I don't know if anyone's ever done what he's done. I, like yeah. the the movies he did in terms of, like on top of each other, The Machinist, Batman Begins, and then uh, Rescue Dawn. He was om- yeah. he was like maybe fifteen pounds heavier than he was in The Machinist. It's and and that movie didn't even get big at all. He yeah. just played a POW, and then he was no, in the- it really did, and neither did the Machinist. Yeah, the Machinist was a good suspense one too that I kind of liked. But was- he well, and then gets big, and then small, and then big, Crazy. small, because he was back and forth between Batman and then Terminator Salvation. Yeah. He had to get big, small, big, small, and then fat for um, the Dick Cheney movie. I didn't even know that was him. Yeah, it's a lot of makeup. And then American Hustle, he got fat again he was too. Fat for American Hustle, yeah. yeah. He doesn't even look like Dick Cheney. I mean, he doesn't even look like himself when he's in that movie. Well, then take him to the fighter again. He, <laughs> yeah. he gets down to a lot. He yeah. Gets super skinny. That movie was great. Yeah. What I only f- watched that movie once, but Same. yeah. That's another one that I only watched one time. But I know it was great. Yeah. Um, what about when we talk about like all these cycles, like these, like the way that the movies have kind of like evolved, how does that equate into music? Like, I, I, was, I, I know that you. Obviously, dig and like music because you guys make music. But yeah. when you're looking at progressions, like, do you ever get stuck in genres? Heck do you, yeah. Because I, I, in a lot of things, I don't, I haven't really heard anything new. Well, I haven't really left like, a, like a, we were talking about, like obviously, like Tribe Call Quest and stuff earlier. Yeah. To me, that that that's just the stuff that I'm drawn to. I like, you know, I like '90s, early 2000s hip hop, and it's very rare that I'll find something nowadays that I like. And that's the same thing. It's like country's garbage. I, I love old country for sure. Uh-huh. But then, like you know, I get into even a lot of rock. Like rock got super poppy for a while, and I'm not really that into it. And Everybody then, has their their nostalgia period, yeah. and they'll always keep referring back to that. That's why I, I said it's gonna suck when I'm DJing weddings for the Gen Z kids if I'm still DJing there. Because they're classics, I'm gonna be like, I don't like this stuff. Yeah. When my day, and and I can even hear that now in certain things. Because when we have a throwback 2000s party, I'm in there like, eh. Oh, Though I do like a lot of new music out today. It's it's not the same. It doesn't hit me the same. No, and my heart's gonna get broken when my kid gets a certain age and he's just like, what is this? I'm like, Soundgarden. He's like, this is dumb. I'm yeah. like, you're dumb. Well, yeah. I found, stupid kid. I found fashion. <laughs> Obviously, I'm super into fashion for people who are listening. I was about I'm to wearing, comment on that. I'm wearing yeah. blue jeans, but also slip-on vans with plaid socks and a solid red Wrangler Carhartt-looking shirt. <laughs> clearly not that I'm into it for myself, but I do pay attention this to it. This is clearly for us. Because I see, well, because I see trends that go with fashion that seem to go along with music, and this is something my dad, who's also a musician, pointed out to me. Uh, he has phenomenal bass player. Uh, incredible. Yeah. And he, he's played with us a few times, yeah. but he pointed out, he pointed it out with music. And then I kind of saw the parallel with fashion. Mm-hmm. Things tend to go clean cut and then sloppy. Like they tend to get real precise and 
prim and like proper and well groomed like yeah. the like the the lumineers era where everyone was putting on the suspenders super trimming the beard and doing the pomade slick back hair stuff yeah. and then all of a sudden it was like like then there's like the curly hair thing and everything it's like the Every mop getting a perm yeah and it's like so it goes like in these like tight and like tight and loose isn't the right words but like skinny jeans and baggy jeans we're swinging back into baggy jeans and bell bottoms yeah. and stuff right now i was just talking about that with my friend katie this morning and and she was saying she was i hate that the slip dresses are back in style she she goes i can't go out i don't want to wear a, a tissue paper she goes, I, she goes, I'm not, I don't feel protected wearing that. Well, she goes, yeah, they look cute. I kind of like that, like, baggy t-shirts were coming back because I haven't lost my COVID weight yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't like... lost the COVID weight that I gained. It was, like, four years prior to COVID. I yeah. still haven't lost it either. But So you were ahead of COVID. Nice. Yeah, like I, I was, like, ahead of the curve there <laughs> for sure. But Why like, did you tell us all that COVID was coming? <laughs> yeah. Well, all I got was the weight part of it. I didn't really know about the whole sickness thing, which is, you know, unfortunate. But um, so you, when you see, but when you see those trends and like it, it tends to go along with each other in ways that you wouldn't expect in the 80s you think about like the yes the hair was big and it was crazy mm. but people had extreme outfits and like the the spandex and everything yeah and the music of that era was almost th there was no grid it's not like it the the metal stuff that went all pro tools and all this yeah, you know yeah, this yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing it's not tight in that way but it was tight in musicianship in a shredding way because of the stuff that like eddie van halen not necessarily invented but pioneered and brought I to the limelight 80s pop. but then you switched over to the 90s you switch over to the, like the the mid like and late 90s to the grunge the clothes get relaxed it gets baggier it's almost like a period it's like up and down on like a sine wave where you overcorrect one way and yeah. then it goes to the opposite extreme because in the 2000s you had spiky hair and the metallic and i'm saying it's funny because each cycle because now we're getting back into the 2000s again styles yeah. But it's taking elements from each of the decades because the bell bottoms are back. The bell bottoms and the hair, like that was a big thing with the Gen Z millennial like online debate that was happening yeah. for a while, was side part or center part with yeah. like women's hair especially. And it's like it's these girls wearing center, center parts, parts and the bell bottoms, you just look like your grandmother out of the seventies. And, and the glasses, the thing. big Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. It's not oh, a, yeah. it's not a bad thing. But then they think that they're coming up with something original too. But it's a is... regurgitation. I told my friend. I said back in the um I said back in the day we had in the early two thousands it was the metallicness and we had psychedelic hippies. Now it's metallic hippies because you got bell bottoms, but you're also wearing the ugly two thousands clashing things. Plaid remember plaid pajama pants? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are back now. My wife just bought me a pair and I said, I'm not gonna wear these outside the house, but I saw a bunch of kids all wearing them out again. And, and I don't, I'm not really a baggy person. I've done the super skinny jeans, and I've done the super baggy when I was skateboarding. I like fitted stuff, stuff that fits me, and I kind of like that. I hit a point, like, my buddy was like, I like the timeless stuff and just, like, nice stuff. Though I definitely keep up with certain trends, but I kind of pull from a little bit, you know, a little bit. Yeah, mine's, there. there's some things, like, for me that never really stopped being something that I liked. Yeah. And then other things, like, I've always really kind of been into which is childish in my age, but I haven't is like shoes. Like I like, yeah, I like hats and shoes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I got married in a pair of, uh, Jordan low Jordan ones. Mm. And I'm just cause you know, I, I, we eloped, went to New York and I was like, I'm not yeah, yeah. walking around and 
dress shoes. It's bullshit. I wear a suit, but <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing something cool. Gotcha. Like, I've always dug those types of things, and some haven't. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of just sat out certain trends because they just wouldn't work for my body type. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of just stayed home during the skinny jean phase. Because <laughs> I'm like, I ain't going to work. And there were, <laughs> there were dudes bigger than all of us that were wearing the skinny jeans. Cramming, like, the, like shoehorning like... themselves into those yeah. things. Yeah. Well, uh, and it was interesting because, again. It used to be girl jeans before skinny jeans. Well, so that's what I was going to say. So I, for a long time, and still am in some ways, but, like, was really big into what is now mostly called like the emo and the scene music stuff which was the like the birthplace of the super skinny boys wearing girl jeans with the like crazy colored hair and all that stuff and it's funny to see what element like you said they keep pulling new elements Mm -hmm. one of the other things that's happening is even people pulling out vintage clothes but they still got the green hair you know so like taking like you said elements of Mm-hmm. Like the, it's almost like echoes, like it's like rhyming, like they're an yeah. A and a B line throughout like these style yeah. periods and people are like finding stuff that complements from all these other things. And you look and it's like you show this to somebody 100 years ago, they wouldn't even understand what they're looking at. But right. from here, looking back over the last 50 years or whatever, you can, you can see, see all the places that all that stuff came from. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's a uh, it's wild. I th- but I think that's the well, cool all of these. Like, and then, then then but like you mentioned, like taking pieces. I took pieces from every one of them. Yeah. So you mentioned the emo thing. I think a lot of that I just hated. But there were some very 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 good bands, and there were some very talented people that got Incredibly. lumped in with all of the really cringy yeah. MySpace stuff. But what were some of your like like so for me the the two that I liked the most? You gonna say my chemical romance? No. Ah. Um, I. And I'm not saying they were bad. Right, right, right. I, they had some actually there's some good songs. Yeah. I thought Thursday was very, very good. Mm-hmm. I also me and Shout actually out to Thursdays in Akron. I just that made me. Think <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh, is that still there? No, they 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 closed. They probably gutted that whole area. They closed over they? COVID. Now I think it's a Panda Express. Oh, thank God. Rest in peace. <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, so for me, I I thought Thursday was really good. I saw them live uh, when they came to Blossom with The Cure and with Muse. That's when I went and saw mm. them. And then there was another band that was kind of got lumped in that era, but when their second album came out, I didn't think that they belonged in that was uh, Finch. Finch had, uh, they had the, their second album was, their first album was, I think that I understood why they were lumped in. Mm-hmm. They had this album, the second album called Say Hello to Sunshine. It was much more eclectic, more okay. rock, a lot blend. Mm-hmm. It was really, really, really good. And their lead singer, I cannot remember his name, I think had the best screaming voice I've ever heard in my life. Good but, screamers hurt. Uh, yeah. Very. Those guys are, but... And then you talked about like you know the '80s pop. I love '80s pop. Yeah, I love like '80s gets such a bad rep because there's so much focus on the hair metal stuff. Mm-hmm. But you also forget some of the amazing, amazing bands that got their start or really thrived. Yeah. Like that Pesh Mode is '80s. Yeah, mm-hmm. Faith No More is '80s. Or that like Anthrax, Metallica. Yeah, Prince. I mean, these were thriving in the '80s. Yeah. Well, and again, MJ talk about so many good '80s. I was DJing a '90s party and. It, I wanted to, and I was making sure that I didn't play anything. And I was like, oh, this, oh, this song will go great. I was like, oh, that's technically 80s, technically 80s. Like, I wanted to play, I love um, Owner of a Lonely Heart. That's probably one of my Oh, it's so good. Favorite. I'll yes. blare that. I saw Yes Live when they played. I, <laughs> I saw her. them, um, I went to go see Dream Theater, and Dream Theater opened for, uh, for Yes. And mm. I was like, that's dun, so cool. Dun, 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 dun. Such a good song. So, <laughs> especially... Like, oh my gosh, when that chorus drops, that's so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that guy's voice is also uh, 
underrated yeah. what the the notes he could hit. Yeah. And it's funny, like when he would talk to the crowd, I'm like, oh shit, you just talk that way too. Yeah. He's just one of them dudes. That, he's like the guy from That's Aha right. that can just hit super yeah. high, yeah. super high notes. But like the 80s Phil Collins stuff. Like easy lover. I love oh, there's that. so many good Phil <laughs> love Collins. That. I love listening to that. And my I would say my probably my favorite song of all time. Uh, or one not my favorite song, one of the songs that I can say I think is one of the greatest songs of all time is um Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Tears for Fears is very underrated. I think that's probably it's, if someone was like, What do you there. think is one of the greatest songs of all time? I would definitively just be like, I think this is one of the greatest songs of Tears all time. Tears for Fears were one they got they, they almost got lumped into a lot because their their songs were in like a lot of like eighties movies and mm-hmm. they're associated with stuff like mm-hmm. that. But that that is a very, very good band. Yeah. Very, very good. I mean, you know, even, you know, you know, my mom is very into a pretty specific type of music. Yeah. But when I when I'm messing around on guitar uh, and I'm and I pick one up for the first time, I play something down low and then I play something up high. And oftentimes when I play something up high, I play the intro to that. The And she picks up on it right away. And she like and she just instantly hears it. And there's such there's such power in the hooks that they were writing around them, like the melodies and like because that stuff. Man, that, that period, so get, that stuff will get again. stuck in your head way song, yeah. more than stuff from these days. Well, and then also, like, the the, the Gary Jewell song, uh, Mad World, that came out, that mm-hmm. the Neona version, mm-hmm. that's a Tears for Fear song. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I, wait, is it Tears for yeah. Fears? Yeah, it's yeah. Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were like, I love that song. I'm like, yeah, that's a Tears for Fear. It's a cover. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's so good, you kind of forget about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that Gotta Get You Into My Life by Earth, Wind & Fire was the Beatles song first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of wild ones. They wrote like it that. for that Beatles movie that like the Bee Gees were in and all yeah. that. That movie that like e- they try and get everybody to forget about. Yeah. There's this whole there's this bass guy who's a DJ who breaks down all these songs and he talks about how they did because that song I always thought that was Earth Wind and Fire song and then I found out I was like and then I listened to the Beatles version and I was just like yeah this ain't hitting like they wanted it. Well so. yeah some yeah it's. It's funny when you can come across somebody that takes a song and makes it better. Yeah. Um, like, I always loved uh, uh, that song, um, uh, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon by Neil Diamond. Uh-huh. But, um, oh, God damn it, I already forgot the name <laughs> of the band. But they did a cover of it, Urge Overkill. Urge Overkill. Uh-huh. You probably remember it from Pulp Fiction. Okay. It's when uh, Uma Thurman OD. She's, she, when she's, like, doing Blow, yeah. that song's playing and she's dancing around. It's an amazing cover of it. Yeah. That's like, kind of like when when Smash Mouth did "I'm a Believer." Yeah, I was gonna no, I was gonna wonder when we were gonna talk about Smash Mouth. <laughs> I was gonna bring up another song from Shrek though, uh, "Hallelujah," the uh, the Leonard Cohen original, but uh-huh. Jeff Buckley Jeff covered Buckley it, killed it, and yeah. like mm-hmm. many people do know that it wasn't originally written by him, but talk about you know a song taking on a new life with a new framing. Oh yeah, I mean, but I mean, even that one has to stay at least second fiddle behind Johnny Cash doing "Hurt." Oh my gosh! Talk about taking a song yeah. and bringing it to an entirely different place because it's very different. Those lyrics mean such different things when one of them is a young twenty-year-old talking about you know the the inner struggles and stuff that they're working through with what's uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails versus Johnny Cash, the last real piece of music project that he's putting together when mm. he's talking about her he's talking about the lifetime that he's endured and the things he's gone through yeah. and you look at all this stuff and it's like that's the it's the same lyrics but you hear two different people sing them not only does it make you feel different because they mean different things yeah. well yeah, uh, yeah for sure and that was in 
I mean, I remember when that came out because I was uh, kind of like right when um, everyone pretended they were Johnny Cash fans. Yeah, as soon as that uh, came out, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've grew up on them. Like name two other songs. So yeah. Name one other song. I can't name one. They're all so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those were I like them all. Yeah, I like them I just, all. I can't mean, pick one. Can't I pick can't one. I I, I sounds like when Trump, when they asked Trump what his fable Bible verse. I like them all. I like them. It's very personal to me. I can't I like them really them rank the Bible. I, like I just love it all so much. I love them all. Yeah, it's my favorite book. What you were kind of alluding to like his favorite song. Like do you it, it's not fair to ask somebody what their favorite song is. No, if I always say like say my second right now. If you can, well, that's what, so. Give me a, give me three, like three that you will always go back to. Three. Songs. I can give you some, and I'll give you some of my guilty pleasures that I won't even admit. Do to people. yeah. One of my my favorite guilty pleasure song is "Roar" by Katy Perry. Katy Perry. I will never get sick of that song. I don't. I I love that song, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it right now. But I could <laughs> just that minor two in there, and then just the way that song hits. Oh my gosh! And All Star by Smash Mouth. All Star. Yeah. We played that at an encore um, for my last CD release. We like to do four encores. We'll do like a cover for one show that we don't do anywhere else. Yeah. So we did All Star that one, and then uh, at a recent show we did uh, we did a cover of one of the songs off the That Thing You Do soundtrack. But it was one that oh, okay. it was but one of not, the random yeah, ones. Yeah, not That Thing You Do, not the one everybody knows. It was the one that they did while they were playing at the fair, uh, and uh, Steve Good. Zahn's character sings it. Uh, yeah. Come on and dance with me tonight. With me tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and because that. people who know that movie would appreciate that. But, but I feel like for uh, and it's funny because after singing that, while I was singing I that song, that I was movie. like, I love that movie. By the that movie is amazing. While we're after we sing that song, I was thinking funny. I was just like. I said that was really funny, and it was worth it for like the two or three people that knew that that truly but got everybody it. else was probably just like this is a good song because we we played Day and Night by Kid Cudi before it, and then we went into that oh. song. So I do a cover of Day Day and Night, and which that is one of my favorite songs to cover because I don't play that many covers, but I like that, and I hope to play it for Kid Cudi one day because playing it with a full band hits different you, you want to talk about a song that like the, the 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 beat and like the playfulness of it and then you listen to the lyrics yeah like that took me because i liked the song right away yeah and then i loved it when i actually sat down and paid attention yeah it's so good yeah that's what i that's one of my favorite songs of all time and it's just like the space in that song oh 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 and just the breaks yeah, the, the, the uh. lyrical breaks about how you uh. yes uh yeah, he's just saying, uh, usually if you say, uh, more than four times, you're like, you can't rap. Yeah. But he's just sitting and there. You're, you're biding time it. until you can think of something. Yeah. Yeah. That, but yeah. his, you know, he, you know, I mean, the lonely stoner, you know, seems to free his mind at night. Yeah. He slips into his white night. Like that stuff. I was like, God, that is so good. Yeah. He's that, that, and that album, that album oh, was yeah. a little bit all over the place and which is what shaped all the music the 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 sad and depressed emo rap stuff and yeah. the vulnerable side of hip hop kid cuddy basically single handedly because a lot of kids now that are doing the that can't sing but are doing the the auto tune singing are doing that because of 808s and heartbreaks but if you know anything about the album is kid cuddy without kid cuddy he wrote and helped craft that whole album mm. so without Kid Cudi then a lot of these people like Travis Scott one of the biggest rappers out his name is uh what is it it's a it's a it's a culmination of two names I think there's 
Travis is somebody but Scott because of Kid Cudi's real first name is Scott. And so his name is a O to Kid Cudi. And yeah, Kid Cudi just kind of ushered in that whole generation of new. Well, he definitely, like you said, especially it's more powerful because he did it from behind the scenes at first. But then, yeah. you know, you see the influence he had over those albums and then when he brought it into his own stuff. But again, talking about how it's something that I think is a, a, a byproduct of the internet and having access to so much. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of stuff that like Gen Z is coming out with right now seems so chaotic. It's because, you know, when you have an influence and it's like the one band that you had their rec, like a literal record of, and it was what you listened to, mm-hmm. even if you don't mean to, you'll often end up times, oftentimes you'll end up wearing that influence on your sleeve, even yeah. if you don't know how that's manifesting. Yeah. But think about how your influences would play out if instead of having a few key CDs at the right time, yeah. you had access to Spotify and YouTube and everything I, I out I think there. Gen Z is the most well-rounded musically. Well, and because they don't let themselves... Most of the time, they don't let themselves get too caught up in labeling anything anymore. Yeah. Like there were so many genre wars and especially being into heavier music. Like it's not brutal, technical death metal. It's technical, brutal death metal. And when you and went to the CD store, you're not going into the pop section to look for a CD. You're mm-hmm. going into your genre and you're picking a CD out of your genre. You're not really going outside of it. You, you typically... Unless you buy a Now album, you, you hit the things. But you'll go on, you'll listen to whatever's the popping sound. I DJ'd this, this uh, grab party. These kids are like, can you put on The Hustle? And I was like, what you know about The Hustle? <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, play this song by the village people. And it, it, it's like a B-side song. And I was like, I said, you sure you're talking about this song? You don't want Macho Man or YMCA? They're like, no, we want this song. And I was like, hmm. Was That's got to be nice. Like, I mean, that was... Growing up was so hard to come across new music because, yeah. I mean, to have the access to, I mean, obviously, the access, the information, the social media has is, I mean, it it obviously gives a lot of information. It gives everyone a voice. The negative is that it gives everyone a voice. But I have like a connection every day, other, but just I mean, because I'm getting so flooded nice. with so much music and so much good indie music. I told my buddy my one Instagram because I have two. I said, my one Instagram is just always sending me the dopest artists. My buddy goes, how do I get music ads? And I was like, well, probably because I'm an artist and I'm just doing music stuff. It just sends me, and it knows I like indie people. So it's always sending me the newest, hottest people. Like, I just, there's this this one guy who has almost like, it's like an orchestral voice, like real throaty type of thing and huge, heavy harmonies. His name is Johan. And, I was like, oh wow, this stuff is so pretty. And then and then he's indie, but then I actually just and it's cool because I just randomly sent him a DM because you know, sometimes I'll just do that and just for the heck of it. And then I didn't expect he was gonna message me back. This guy's like on tour with some big artist. And he yeah. was like, Oh, thanks. Where are you from? And I was like, Oh, here. <laughs> and I was like, Well, let me know if you ever come to Ohio. He goes, I'm coming to Columbus in a month. And I said, Oh, well, dang, cool. <laughs> but it's just all the different music that you can have. And these yeah. kids just get all this. It's such a wide range. And that's why you have bands that weren't famous. Now, there was a band on, um, it was Jim, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. This guy had a had an LP with his, his band, garage, like a garage band, and they made a record. And it sat until the son was going through being like, oh, what's this? And heard it, put it on TikTok, song blew up. So now the dad's on tour and was never a musician since he was a kid. Oh, that's that's there's a a, a 
another documentary is similar. Yeah, it's uh, it's called a band called Death. It was like this this punk band. It was like this all black punk band from like the sixties. Okay, and I don't remember the exact so, but I have the album of theirs. It's actually it's only like a six song EP. Yeah, it's good. It's really 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 good. But it just got l- it, it kind of just like I, I think the, I think the lead singer, the guy that that wrote a lot of songs, he. I, dead before he even knew that this thing took off yeah someone came across it and started playing was like what the hell is this who mm-hmm. is this you know, it, it, they they're like it's like you know that they're like it's kind of like a bad brains but better yeah. and and yeah. it's just really good and it's clearly raw and done like in a basement but it's really really good yeah and someone kind of came across it and it, i think his son or grandson yeah. took the songs and started touring on it. he's like more people gotta know about this it's, it's really cool it's really cool it's kind of they were one of the people that was a benefit of that from our generation would be like Rick Astley with YouTube. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting big way later. Rick Rollin. Yeah, that's what they're calling it. Yeah. And, and I think he, I think he got on stage with Foo Fighters recently. That's yeah, what... they performed "Never Gonna Give You Up." He was at the, <laughs> the ma- okay. So I, I have a long storied history with Rick Rolling being a child of the internet, and there was this. It was. I don't even know how we got to this, but we had this group of people over at my parents' house this one day. And I, for know, some... I thought you were going to be like, I have a long-standing feud with Rick Astley. No, 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 no. I wish. <laughs> I wish that there that I had that level of attachment and entanglement. But no, there was this day where we just had a bunch of people over, oh, and we had Rickrolled somebody like in the room with a laptop out, and we thought it was the funniest thing. And it was like, hey. Prank you know... calling was a fun thing back in the day. Well, so what we decided to do it was a caller would... idea. I'd still do it. We would we were star sixty sevening or whatever, and we were blocking our number, and we'd call people, and they'd say hello, and we would just rickroll them over the phone, and we did this to probably thirty people, and it was hours of our life just spent. We had to mute the phone every time we stopped playing the music because we would all be laughing so much. So I I I love that song, um, but unironically love it too, not just because of what it represents in terms of like. They got me with that Rick roll. Yeah, we called him. He was one of the, well, so his brother Jared, again, a, for a long time, the bass player in our band, uh, he was one of the people that was doing the prank calling. We actually got you and your sister Melissa. We got both of you guys. <laughs> um, but uh, we called one person. I think it was one of my aunt's friends, and she just started singing along. She didn't know what Rick rolling was. She's just like, oh, I haven't heard this song in a while, and just started singing along. And so we had we were playing music at the uh, actually at Campbell's. I used to work at Campbell Sweets Factory for a long time, and so we were playing music, and we would switch the aux chord back and forth and all this stuff. And then I thought it would be funny to Rick roll the crew because everybody was very similar age for the most part. So I play this song, and then somebody who was around when that song hit it big originally was singing along and not understanding why we were all laughing because it was just a popular song when they were a lot younger. And then I look now, I don't have TikTok, but I often get very popular stuff that finds its way over to Instagram and whatever. And somebody did a remix where, or they did like a mashup where they took the original song, but then they took Young Gravy's song, Betty, which is a a sample of that. Mm. And I was so confused. Like you have, I thought I was having a stroke uh, while I was sitting here watching this, I'm like, am I, is this really happening? But seeing like taking that super iconic melody and chord progression now mm-hmm. and just, he didn't even tweak that much of it not in a bad way, but like just put his, like that style on. And it's so funny. Cause he's also, he like Rick Astley is like one of those, Oh, 
That's a six foot something tall white dude with that crazy deep voice. Mm -hmm. It's not what you picture in your head when you no, hear it the first no. time either. No, you don't. Yeah. Like, so when I saw, cause I didn't see him, I didn't know that it was an artist who had actually done a song. I thought it was just like a YouTube edit of taking different stuff and putting it together. Yeah. Then when I was like, what is this song that takes, you know, never going to give you up. And then I found, I'm like, this, this must've been in some way what it was like when yeah. everybody was hearing never going to give you up on the radio yeah. because he had never performed. He'd never done anything. I think vice, it might be vice or it might be somebody else. They're putting out these like 20 minute documentaries on YouTube about not necessarily one hit wonders, but about like, old school viral music hits and the mm -hmm. stories behind them. And you, you got to watch the one on this song because Rick was like in the studio. He had this powerful voice, but they didn't really know what to do with him. So he was like helping out on the back end with a bunch of artists. And then they finally find this song and they kind of, this stuff just all comes together in this one song before he'd ever, he'd played shows and done stuff previously, but not since he'd gotten signed this deal or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then this song goes insanely, insanely viral for the time, but nobody has any idea who it is. Then when he starts going out and performing, it's like, oh, it's like a, a red-headed white kid. What, yeah. what is happening here? It's that ginger that looks like he just came in on a sailboat? <laughs> yeah. Basically. That's weird. Yeah. I will say, Gen Z is doing a lot of, especially in hip-hop, they're sampling, and pop, they're sampling a lot of songs that aren't that old. They're like 10 years old, and they're sampling them and redoing. Like, Akon just got sampled in his um, Belly Dancer song, just got re sampled then they add trap beats over which is funny because you're like this song isn't that old usually when you're sampling you're sampling songs that are old yeah, but thinking yeah, about yeah. in the 80s in the 90s they were sampling songs from the 70s so that wasn't that far yeah, long what, ago it's, i don't think like, yeah I don't, I don't think we just didn't notice it because we yeah. didn't know yeah you know? like it's, and it's, now they're sampling songs i'm like yo this song ain't even that old i, I always give it like to, 30 years before you sample it i always want to talk to people that are like uh, significantly younger like in their like early 20s and yeah well here you go yeah so okay. what's the question sir? <laughs> sorry keep, sorry keep forgetting he's not a good representation what is the, well, you nah, probably are because he of, like, doesn't your, speak for them but i'm, I'm curious i don't speak I, for anybody i'm curious <laughs> what they think like what they what they consider because I, so i kind of just do the math like when i was in high school what i was thinking was classic rock like what yeah. are they is classic rock to them grunge they don't it's funny pearl jam or i mean when i'm talking to couples now and i say what do you like they'll say oh i like classics and i'm thinking what does classics mean and they have a different sense of classics yeah. than we do it is funny because they say oh uh you know retro and classics they're not talking about you know 70s 80s stuff they're talking about Which, 90s. For me, it would be, yeah, it would be like classics. I'm like, oh, okay, so Hendrix and, and Zeppelin and ZZ Top yeah. and Neil Young. Like, that's classics. It's like, no, you know, like Drake's first album. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> the, speed, the speed has just increased. It's the same stuff over and over, but, like, again, you have access to so what much more. Well, and that, that's kind of where I was going with that is because of how easy it is to put your music out, and there's so much music does the the quote unquote classic term get applied a lot sooner? So it, because it, there's so much, it does and it yeah, doesn't. Because one I of the things is there's less barriers about stuff. Again, like so, talking about like what Kid Cudi was like helping make the way for with the like very vulnerable stuff. Then you get like the Juice Worlds and the uh, the Kid Lacroix, uh, Kid Leroy and all this stuff where they're taking. 
it's not necessarily that it's old. Have both said that Kid Cudi influenced their style. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. but then but then the pieces that they take, like, so they take, like, almost the inspiration and the message from him, mm-hmm. but then instead of taking the hip-hop inspiration, they're taking stuff, like, from My Chemical Romance and stuff from yeah. the late 2000s, and it's not even necessarily about how old it is, but it's about what represents something culturally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you take, you know, I do not pretend to, to be super knowledgeable or have any authority to speak on why it was done this way but when you look at the earliest hip-hop beats and flips and stuff it was the records that they already had access to mm-hmm. it was let you know would it be a different story if the technology had already evolved to the point that there was digital stuff when hip-hop happened P- probably but we won't ever know because what they had access to was what they had access to i don't think they were actively saying well we have to be taking stuff from a certain period and bring it up to now right. these were the records somebody discovered the ways that you could manipulate it and you could they loop go stuff the, go through the crates and this and that like listen to people stories about like rizza going through and oh, going yeah, yeah, through yeah. and figuring out chopping up samples and old looping you know, and chinese yeah, movies that, yeah. chinese fight movies it is it is wild thinking yeah then they just and it's only um, getting more advanced in terms of what, what we're capable or what yeah. producers are capable of doing or beat makers are capable of doing I mean, so it, quick well so it's quick. absolutely it's it's quicker to do it there's way more material for you to do it to and then again because you have all this you have all these other examples of how other people have done Coming stuff you can do it quicker and you can do it in ways that like nobody would have come up with if they hadn't already seen somebody else flip mm-hmm. something else weird. You know, you talk about... And the demand for the quality oh, is, yeah. has lessened. Like, they almost like it to sound more mm-hmm. raw. You you sometimes, these super huge produce... And obviously, the people who have the super produced stuff, they're paying to be where they're at yeah. with their labels and stuff. But these outliers and these viral songs, some of these are sounding real terrible. Like, like Soldier Boy, when he first dropped... Like, that's one of the big first viral hits, mm-hmm. you know, Crank That Soldier Boy. The original song, before he got signed, sounds terrible. It's peaking. It, and he made it on a free version of Fruity Loops, and he had to print it, or else he was going to lose it. So he's rapping over just one amp, like cheap MP3 file. But yeah, like, the kids now, it's like the, it's like, oh, I got it. Let me do something. Next song. Next song. Next song. Next song. That's why I've been dropping the album in a while, because people... Once you drop an album, people go, what are you dropping next? When's it coming out? Yeah. If you wait a week, they forget about you. So I'm like, well, just forget about me for a while. And I'll come out later. Well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you'd ask, like, what the process was like. Do you sit down, decide I'm going to write, or does stuff come to you? I know he had, he said that he identifies now more as a songwriter than anything else. He's got the ability to write 20 songs in a day and i've seen him do it because he he you know he takes in these jobs for other people and stuff there's been a number of times where he's like hey we're all going to practice at this time you know we we go to my dad's place to practice and he's like 20 minutes late and he walks in he's like hey so i wrote three songs on the way and it's like (laughs) excuse me he's like yeah i had to pull over so i could write it down real quick and then i did a voice memo and then like instead of rehearsing what we thought we were going to rehearse (laughs) but instead of instead of going through and trying to refine stuff that we would played you know however many times before then he uses us playing together as almost like a proving ground for all these different ideas that we yeah. can then kind of work through and it's interesting because you know when you started asking about the process of us writing very little of the like major writing of any of this band stuff has been anybody but jewel yeah. but 
more it but it's less about like you know me or rufus or anybody else didn't necessarily come up with any of the lyrics but rarely is he like this is what you're gonna play at this part so he comes in with his components the bass is there and then we all build off on it and we're bringing our own influences and so and some that sometimes that'll change what we do like there are some songs that we've been playing for 10 years that haven't gotten their full recording because i'm a scatterbrain and i let things sit the majority of my best music is is sitting done just just i'm just hoarding it like i have a voice memo with unreleased songs and i just sit there and i'll listen to them to myself and i'll just like sing them back and i'll be like one day but it's not the perfect time so yeah, then like just prince like, yeah that, and that just prince be... was known for having like and it makes me mad because i want like hundreds of even music videos produced completely mm-hmm. done and you never released and them. i want to release them but then and, and but and i the majority of them I have intentions of releasing and I want to, but I'm just weird. But then there's a couple that I've fully done. Like one, I hired a cello player. I had all this stuff. He played on it, a bunch of people. And then I got to a point where I'm like, the song as it is right now, even though it's pretty much fully finished, I'm probably never going to release it as this unless I change something. I don't know. But some things that they'll do will change what I do on the recording if it hasn't been done from the live stuff because I, I like you know oh yeah oh, he played this or yeah. this and that like or i've even seen we've even had songs where you'll write a song and be like hey we're gonna try this at the show in a couple days so we all learn it we figure out some parts for it and we do it and it doesn't work it happens it's not like every song that comes out is instantly a classic for us yeah. but then what he'll do is he'll take you know what my favorite part was the way that we transitioned from this verse to this chorus. Why don't we pull this out and put this back on this other? You can idea take from pieces of lane. things that yeah. work and yeah. maybe place it somewhere and, else. And it's different. it's something that I think is a strong suit of the group because we come from such eclectic backgrounds. There's a lot of commonality. There's a lot of it. I won't pretend like you know he's the guy who's into jazz and he's the guy who's not. Like it's not so distinct from that. Right. But all of us have the stuff that we're more into than the others, mm-hmm. and so we all bring those separate things in especially because like i said he'll often come with maybe sometimes all the lyrics done the whole structure and then we just have to figure out where we fit sonically in and you know me and rufus the other guitar player sometimes we'll end up going on top of each other because the influences that we that we share we both like click on the same thing and then we got to divvy it up and say like hey you know you take it on this one and i'll take this for the next one or whatever basically whoever gets the track first yeah it's essentially the both of us have very (laughs) very different influences on the extremes but we'll both write very similar parts if we're doing it in isolation too what something has and then it'll kind of morph into sometimes the same and similar things it'll be like oh this is like a note different from what i'm playing so there's been there's definitely been times where you'll have to change stuff because oh this happened here this and that or there's certain songs that i don't like to play as they are when they're live like one of one of the songs that i played a long time was a song called moving on we've probably only played that once maybe twice in its original state mm-hmm. i always and it's like um my inspiration from that song was actually kid cuddy's pursuit of happiness and phil collins's people like me from tarzan soundtrack <laughs> i took both those songs and merged them and i got this song but it sounds more like pursuit of happiness but the song that we play live is very bluesy minor you know a jam track it, it's more like fly like an eagle than it is <laughs> like the original version but we've never, it just feels better that way. And I don't know, the song's so old, I may never get around to recording it. Yeah. I would like to at some point, but it's like, that's just like one of those live things I do. And that's the fun thing about having a band and being able to be like, oh, this is what brings it to life. 
when I first started playing, my first EP was pretty much written and recorded all digitally, and then the live versions were just like interpolations of that album. But then my 5 a.m. The Midnight album was written with the band prior to, so it's more of a true representation of how things sound live. And that's after I'd sung, you know, a couple hundred shows and realized I don't need to be singing up in the key of D, C sharp, that area. That's why. <laughs> that's why you see me in lower keys down in G. G and A are like my sweet spot. Because singing a lot and a lot and a lot, that just gets... Yeah. Because in the summer, it's not uncommon for me to have three shows in one day and play six hours in, in a day. Uh, I mean, like, anybody's vocals get can yeah, get charred that way. Yeah. Or like we played at Cedar Point. You had to play five 25-minute shows a day. And you're like, boom, boom, boom. What like, was like five minutes in between or something like that? Yeah. Well, depending on when the what part of the day it was. Yeah, it was sometimes yeah. longer, sometimes shorter. But one of the other things that keeps it interesting is not only are we is like introducing new stuff for us to be chewing on, the the context in which we're playing it and the exact uh, 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 composition of who's playing changes the songs drastically. Definitely. So he so when we'll he says switching he's, drummers when he says he's playing three shows in a day sometimes that'll be two solo shows and then a full band show okay, sometimes it'll okay. be a trio or a duo show so uh, our 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 secondary singer. Uh, is no longer in the state. She comes back in for for some bigger shows, but for a while, uh, most of the shows we were doing was actually just me, Julian, yeah. and her, uh, Vandra. It was so much fun, and it just you know it's it's such a fun opportunity to get to take songs that you know, like you said, we start one way, we build them up with the band to be something, and then you know you strip away half the instruments and mm-hmm. trying to see what's left and how you can make it sound. Not necessarily better for fewer instruments, but what it can turn into and what it can grow into that way. And how and so, it fits that vibe. Because, like, with the music being a little bit scatterbrained, I never wanted to not be able to play a show. That's the reason yeah. why I had Jewel Big Green instead of a band. Because with a band, you got to wait for everybody to say, oh, yeah, we can all make this. We can all. And that's how I first operated. And, and I was just telling. Um, there's a couple young homies that will ask me questions. Oh, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? This kid was talking about starting a band opposed to being solo. And I said, well, they're two different things. When you're starting a band, everybody has equal say. Unless you're saying, I'm the leader, I'm going to do this. Everybody, oh, if we can't do the show, then nobody's doing the show. But if you're solo, then you can do it solo. It sounds different, but you can kind of tailor yourself. And then you don't lose out on opportunities. I said... It's cool that you can keep them separate because then if you don't like this, then you can go back to being solo or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's I can, you know, get down with the hip hop show. I'll know how to tailor it to fit that, and still keep my same vibe. Or I played a bluegrass show in Nebraska a few a few months ago, and I was able to play you know some of my songs with my looper. It sounds a little bit different than when you got the full band band with everybody jamming on like you know vox amps and all that um but yeah it's kind of fun being able to tailor each vibe but still keep it true to my sound yeah that flexibility is good and i think also for our audience and fans it kind of keeps it fresh too yeah because they can hear different versions uh, in a way different versions of yeah. the same song yeah 
not one worse or better than the other one, just different. Yeah, it's totally totally different, and and I like that because I ultimately want to like write for more people. Sure, and be able to. I love bringing somebody else's sound to life and feeling like I captured what you did. That's how I got into writing. Was me and my buddies, we were in a little rap group, and everybody wanted to be the first rapper. Everybody wanted to be the first one on the track. And sorry, um, I would write the stuff, and I would put myself purposely second, third, last. Sometimes I would even take a verse, and they would they would kind of like gain respect for me because I didn't, you know, being the leader of the group, I I wasn't like, oh yeah, you, I gotta be first. I want to be this and that because. Everybody knows who the Black Eyed Peas is. Well, I am. <laughs> you know, the other guys, the other guys, it's not like the other two guys are. <laughs> it's funny, though. Like, Kelly, I mean... like in Destiny's Child, you had Beyonce and Kelly Rowland. Beyonce is pop star. Kelly Rowland is a is an R&B icon, like in her own right. And then Michelle Williams, she's a phenomenal singer, but, you know, she's, you know, some people call her the bridge singer. Yeah. In Black Eyed Peas, it's not like one of them. Um, is the the Kelly Rowland? They're both the Michelle Williams and the, yeah, and they're like the two hype men, and they both can rap and they're both great artists. And nothing taken away from them, but everybody knows that's that group. But when it was, it, when we were doing it, I was like, oh yeah, let me put myself kind of behind, but I still want to be in there. And then I was able to figure out, oh, you rap better seeing these words. You rap better with these vowel sounds. You rap this, and it came easier to me. I remember one time hearing Rufus, uh, the guitarist, when he was in. A I band. know him. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. he was in Big a band, fan. he Big used fan. to be in a band with my brother, <laughs> and I remember him sing a long time ago. I hate writing lyrics. Lyrics is, and, and and thinking, that's the part that comes the easiest to me, and I didn't know it back then that that was the fun part to me is the lyrics and playing around with different. Um, styles and different words and i always thought that i got my skills my music skills from my dad because my dad was a singer he played in a band and we used to go to shows and i would sing um pass at my church which was my one of my best friend's dads both of our dads were in a band and we used to have a band too and my dad sang at the church for you know 25 years but i didn't realize that i'm uh like uh the brainchild of both my parents my mom Everybody in my family sings. Everybody could sing harmonies, can sing parts. Uh, every one of us can. Um, and I'll say my brother sings the least, but even he, he used to sing harmonies on Alive. Um, but my mom, she played clarinet in, in high school, but my mom was always, she was a teacher, so she was always making up little rhymes to help you remember things. And she used to teach at our church. And she would always make up these, like, corny little things and i remember one time she made up this song we were we would play we would do the limbo but everybody was saying like the 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 bible verses of the the day or whatever and i remember she was like we can do the limbo when we learn god's wordo and i remember used to be like that doesn't rhyme but she would make up things to remember math problems and all that and i realized oh that's where i get all my writing from because my mom was we used to go on vacation um i'm from new york city and uh, that's where i was born but i grew up here and we go and visit my grandma a couple times a year. And on that nine-hour trip, we are just driving in the station wagon. There's no Netflix. There's no none of that stuff when I was a kid. So my mom would be freestyling stories about these kids. It was like Tina something and Tommy and would 
tell adventures about these kids the whole way up there and just make up all these stories off the top of her head. And I'm thinking like, oh. And I didn't realize till I was, till I was till earlier last year that I realized, I was like, oh, all the stuff that I do for Songfinch, because I, I write songs, you know, I, I work for a company. It's like the hallmark of songs. So we write, the, you go in there and you say, oh, I want to make a song, you know, for my friend. They're about to get married. They like this, this and this and that. Oh, okay. And then they have a bunch of writers and they pick, what genre do you like? Oh, we like hip hop. Okay, out of all the hip hop people, who is available and who can fit this vibe? They send you the stuff. You go, all right, bet. Got the song. Record a song. Send it back. You got three days to do it. And uh, it's really cool. So they found me on YouTube. And, and it was funny. I thought it was like a spam email, but I just hit them back. And now that's one of my main sources of income. And then last year I did uh, I did three, like 360, almost 370 songs last year. And... Some even doing like six in a day. And and I realized that my mom is where I got those writing skills from being able to make up stories up and take somebody's story and put it in the lyrics from her doing all that. And that is it's that's one of the funnest things to do. Take people's stories and then hopefully being able to take certain artists. I wrote for a few artists locally and that was a lot of fun being able to be like, Okay, oh, where do you like to sing? Where do you like to do this? Especially artists I want to do it more for established artists who know what they want. I did one for, for a girl who had never played a show before, and I wrote a song. And just from hearing her sing, I was like, okay, I think this would work with your voice the best. But it's that's probably one of the most rewarding things about music. And being able to slip certain meanings that speak to me in somebody else's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know, like, oh, I could do this, but sometimes it's more fun with you doing it and then just seeing you bring this to that's life. That's a th- that's a brain function. Like uh yeah. like people like people who are really good at math or people who are terrible at math. People who are really good at, you know, uh like visual or optics or things like that. People yeah. who are not. People that can solve puzzles, people who can't. Yeah. Like that's a I don't know if it's a left right brain whatever I, don't, I guess that doesn't really matter, but <laughs> right. it, it's a it's a part of your brain that I think functions differently than other people. To that's what my wife that. said. I remember the, <laughs> it, her being able to operate with my brain. And, and I remember it was it was a frustration point at the beginning us learning each other's styles and she and she and then I, I came to a point where I realized oh she's not saying she's not dogging me when she says my brain thought this way oh I can't your brain is so different she's like almost like um recalibrating yeah and and, and almost in awe of what makes my brain work yeah yeah it's like I wish Somebody could just like open it up and be like, "How does this thing work?" You would like to see a roadmap of how you got there. Yeah, because a lot of people do think and kind of process things or recalculate things differently. She's always she's super boom 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 boom, super like she definitely keeps me from. I would be teetering a lot more without my wife yeah. stabilizer. Still, she's like my my uh, <laughs> my inline stabilization, and yeah, she's like, "Oh, your brain." She says, how do you come to that? And I think that's probably one of the more fulfilling things because obviously you look at my Spotify, I don't got a lot of listens and all that. I'm lucky for the people that I've gotten. I've gotten to play some really cool shows and do some really cool things and keep a low profile. Um, <laughs> and her her amazement with my songs is <laughs> it's just like one of the, all right, I was like, all right, cool. 
well, I don't need to do anything with that song. I already got that great reaction from this. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't show her my songs before I'm done. Uh, I'll, cause she'll analyze them to the T. And if it's not perfect, she doesn't hear the little nuances in the music. Oh, I got this mastered. I showed you the unmastered version. Now listen to the mastered version. Be like, sounds exactly the same from the scratch track you sent me. Well, that's also the person that you want, consciously or subconsciously, you want the most validation from. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, have, I have never asked my wife, like, hey, did you listen to that episode? Yeah. I'm afraid she's going to be like, yeah. Yeah. You need to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I don't need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, it can make her. It's very. It's very no, that's why I don't like showing the early stuff until yes. it's the full exactly. final polished thing because it's like, it's so, it's like, you have my ego in my heart right here. You crush it. <laughs> you can crush <laughs> it so quickly. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of your songs, I, do you have any interest in showing one? I'm trying to think if I can, because I got sick. In you don't December. have to. You don't have to. It's I'm thinking like I wanna. I wish I could plug in my iPad and just show you like some unreleased stuff because I have like some songs that I'm like, oh yeah. Hey, it, you don't <laughs> have to. It's I offer like a lot of artists have come here and just kind of played a song. You know, it actually turns out okay. With I mean, obviously it's not a professional studio, but yeah. it comes out good. If you don't want to, completely. Fine I was gonna too. sing and I always like to sing, but I, I kind of don't want to right now. Then you don't have to talk about no the music, deal. and then there's like, but yeah, there's so many, there there's some there's some, um, I don't know if it'll translate well over the air, but yeah, there's at some point I want to show you some songs that I've been working on because they're even more in the wider spectrum of range, um, of stuff that I've done and the stuff that I'm doing now, because I'm essentially kind of making two different albums at once. Yeah. I'm making a follow-up to my last project, but I'm also making a follow-up to my first project, which the first project was more wide in style. It was a pop compilation. And then my second album, I wanted it to all feel like nighttime music that you could just put on while you're driving. That's why it's called 5 a.m. to midnight. And then I wanted 5 p.m. to twilight to be like the more like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I like that. I like that. I like album themes I'm and I super, love driving music and I'm super I'm super hidden into the deeper meaning of this of this and this everything oh yeah everything's super like oh this is the mastermind on my first album if you open up the booklet there's a a, a four picture of me with a beard and I got like me and my lumberjack and I'm looking over and I have me with my skateboard. I'm looking down to me with the suit, tying my bow tie, looking over to me and my normal just like get up, looking up. And it's all that. And then I have my album and then uh, 5, 5 a.m. Um, what was it? Midnight. 5 a.m. to midnight. 5 a.m. to midnight. And I wanted that one. I'm facing a certain way and then 5 p.m. to twilight. I wanted to look the mirror of it, like change the colors and flip everything and be the opposite and have them looking, but then also that be a big version of the next four albums yeah. of the EP with everybody looking around and all that. And all my all my logos have triple meanings in them. There's hidden words. There's like a whole hidden phrase in my logos that like if I showed you like, oh, why is that thing offset? I was like, that little line is because then it makes a different word. And yeah. it makes... 
Super. I love cryptic stuff. I, I'll never, I probably won't have any lyrical input in this band, and I'm totally fine with that. I'll have a lot of like little licks and stuff. Well, I, fashion one, input, you have that. Clearly. Yeah. Um, uh, He's the only, is, he wears red. We all wear green. He wears red at the contention, um, Where, uh, especially when we've played Fox 8, literally. The first, People would be dogging him like, why do white why the white guy in your van have red on and everybody wearing why green? Why would he get on board? Yeah. <laughs> and it's because he tells me to. I, uh, I like no, people to be themselves. Um but I will the one thing the one thing that I'll like basically take credit for, and this might be revisionist history, and Julie, you can correct me now live on the recording <laughs> if you wanna break my heart. But uh we had a moment where we were talking and even when I was less involved in playing with the band, he would, Jewel would like call me and just kind of like run stuff by me. And there was a point where we were starting to record a bunch of songs. Uh, and most of them ended up on 5 a.m. to midnight. But when mm-hmm. we had first started and did the like first big batch of songs, he just called me and he was kind of like, what are we going to do with all these? He's like, they're all over the place. How are we going to make this? You know, not like worried, but just like trying to like brainstorm. And I was, he was like, cause we're, we have too many songs for one album, but it's not enough for two. And we'll probably have two enough for a second album by the time it comes around. But then how do we decide what's this? And then are we going to get bored of this? And I was just kind of like, we're pretty close to two. Even if we don't record that many new ones, just split them up into two different themes and just go like this way. And so, but immediately his tone shifted because whatever, it wasn't necessarily that that was the most ingenious idea, but it was, you know, something that clicked with him. And then in that moment, you know, I've, been able to pick up on some of this stuff but he doesn't always tell us the stuff either it's cryptic to us because that's part of i mean i'd be half of them don't even know the lyrics to some of the songs yeah be that secret and so even though i was a part of a conversation and i said hey what if we just like you kind of just divided them down the middle and like that was how we decided what went on where was just like splitting them out like that then he took it and ran with it off to this crazy direction of i didn't know that it was going to be the i i I knew a little bit about the picture from the first one but i didn't know he was you know getting ready to do it on the next one so like that's the you know for me especially Getting, it's the fun thing i see like yeah. i see snippets on the back end and he'll give me like teasers of what's going on and he'll like sh- play me clips of songs but then it reaches a point where i'm like hold on a second how all those little things led up to like this now like this c- more complete vision and i think that was really cool because i wasn't i didn't get to uh, record anything for the first ep just because of the way that thing you know things worked out i was yeah. living in a different state at the time and i wasn't playing with the band full time so i came in literally right after all the recording was done and officially became a part of the band right when they were getting ready to start doing shows to support this album and so i'm learning all these songs and i'm starting to get to do all this and then the the and 5 a.m to midnight and the other songs that'll potentially contribute to the next one was the first like real big chunk of recording that i'd ever done yeah and just seeing having seen basically only the end result of the first one and then getting to kind of watch the process unfold you know from the beginning towards the end and then getting to pitch in and like the little ways that we do is also you know something that was really cool for that but again even though i can say that i that the way I remembered is that I told him to split it up this way, or that was a way that we could make use of everything. Cause if we only did one album, we would have had how, you know, eight plus songs that would have just got cut right then and there. I don't say that a lot. I hate super long albums. I call them mixtapes if it's too long. Cause the original mixtapes were super long albums, super long hip hop. What's your sweet spot for like out for tracks? 12, like max 12. No, not max 12. That's just like, I love it when I'll like my. I wish 
Five in the Midnight was 12 songs, but that's why I'll double up tracks and have hidden tracks okay. to shorten it up. But I think like 15, 16 would be the max max. Um, I love 10 song albums, 10 to 12, because when you hit 10, it's very short and you want more. And I love when the album hits and you're like, oh, I wish I had more. But some of my favorite albums are like 16, 17. I, yeah, mine too. So it's definitely like has uh, has a wide range, but I like 14 is kind of, I like the number 14, but 14 is, is a nice sweet spot. Uh, if I can get down to 12, that's cool. I'm also trying to actively work at shortening up songs because a lot of kids don't like the long songs and they get lost. I'll be like, did you hear the bridge? Did you hear the bridge? I'll be like, no. I lasted about a minute and a half and I was on, buddy. Mm. <laughs> and then so this song that I'm writing that I wrote with Carrie, the guy who um, produces a lot of my music, it's at the max, it's going to be 220. But honestly, if if I don't have like an instrumental section in it, if I don't have the two instrumental, if I don't have it, if I cut out the outro, the song is like 210. And that's a short song, but that's not even, that's long in the kids yeah. today. There's a lot of hot songs. There's a song that starts with a chorus, has a verse, verse, chorus, and it's only 60 seconds long. I, it's crazy. You know, I, I, I think about, like, I do think about that a lot when I think about a song that I love. Mm-hmm. Because they're all it. Honestly, I've always been turned off by like a, if a song. I have, there's one song that I like that is north of like eight minutes. Yeah, and I but I mean I love it. It's yeah. it's called Thinking of a Place by The War on Drugs. Okay, it is one of my favorite songs of all time. I never thought I would love like a nine minute song. Mm-hmm. I would I listen to it. I would listen to it every anytime that comes on. I listen to it. But then I also I love a like a I love a minute 10 long punk song yeah my favorite song of all time is uh, uh is probably 220 exactly yeah. what you just yeah. said i uh, love those but just, and it's, it's hard because i'm ingrained it used to be you would write three 16 bar verses yeah, yeah. for a song and that's a lot now it's eights now some people are even doing fours and twos Attention span's getting shorter. Yeah. Which may have a lot to do with, again, so much out there. You, mm-hmm. you got to grab them quick because you can literally lose somebody in three and a half I minutes. watched three videos on YouTube. You know how you can watch shorts but still keep your same place yeah, in yeah, yeah, the YouTube yeah. video? I watched three shorts while I'm watching one video. Yeah. And I watched my videos at one two five, 1.25 speed. And I'm just that scatterbrain. Like, I'm becoming that. I can't wait till I get to a point where I just pay somebody to keep my phone and I go back to a dumb phone and I'm just like, you know, flip phone. I love the razor. That was my favorite phone for my sanity. (laughs) They used the razor in prison break. Of course they did. The razor was my favorite phone of all time. Yeah. I think going back to like cycles though, you know, think about a lot of Beatles songs and other stuff from that era. Very few, especially of the early Beatles songs even hit two thirty or three minutes. You know, not that they didn't get to the longer stuff later, mm-hmm. but they didn't, you know, you don't always need that time. And I think even if for nothing else, it can be a fun exercise to try to stretch and see yes. what you can accomplish in a different a different format. Yeah. You know, especially a lot of the, the most of the music that I've played has been stuff in and for churches. And there's a lot of stuff that can be said about it being formulaic and repetitive. 
it opens itself up to different forms of expression and creativity than solo or band songwriting stuff. And like, I, I don't even, they're both music and they're both yeah. really important to me, but I don't even consider them the same thing because the, again, context being everything, but it's so different for them. So different. You, you, you won't see a song on a Sunday morning being like a minute and 10 seconds. It's probably never going to happen. It's weird. Church music is the only charting music and it's, or one of the the lasting um, charting musics in its genre where they're making new stuff that is long and where the live version is way more popular than the studio version. You mm-hmm. never hear, like if you're listening to CCM music, con- Christian contemporary music, you're never going to hear the, the studio version over the live version. Yeah, You always hear that it's a fake crowd half the time, but you'll hear that and they're long. They're like eight minute long song. I'm just like, oh... Song so long, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then yeah, you know, it's... but you get it, it. I would love to take some of those songwriters though and be like, What could you do in 90 seconds or less? Yeah, you know, because it, as you're saying, like, you're part of it is not just trying to conform because it's what people are into, right. but I know that it's a creative, like, not it's like you're pushing yourself to do things differently. I want to see someone who's used to writing five plus minute songs, yeah. like. Show me that you can do it's, that in a shorter period. It's really what hard. What can you accomplish? Because there are some people who can't write longer stuff, and they write shorter stuff, and they write shorter stuff because it would get monotonous yeah. if they were to write longer. And there's people who are both ways, but the people, we have storytellers who write these long-form stuff, and to shorten that story up, it's hard because I'm trying to say more with less. Yeah. And I've also been working because the the um the singer that we played with um Vandra she always dogging me singing my stuff because I'm I come from a rap background so a lot of my singing is on a, a pitch but I'm adding cadences and hip hop flows to pop world stuff so a lot of my stuff is very even though I'm singing it's very hip hop related yeah and she's like, I can't sing this. She goes, you're saying too much. I can't breathe. <laughs> and so I've been trying to add more space in certain things just to let her shine in certain areas and and give her some room to breathe and let her voice, because her voice is phenomenal. It doesn't get a lot of the um, recognition when it's live because there's there's I fill up every... I'm a space person. I can hit all these different rhythms if I fill up the whole space. But leaving space, which sometimes is harder because you have more margin of error in adding space in between the rhymes. So I've been working at saying less and more and adding more space and letting stuff breathe. Yeah. Like the song I wrote, um, I was definitely spreading it out. Then in the second verse, I, I hit a little, yeah. little funky pocket, but it's it's because the singers that I grew up around do that like when we played a show with this band which has now become one of my favorite bands is magic city hippies and the guy comes from a hip-hop background so he's always singing and rapping over his stuff always adding and, and you would never think of him as a oh you'd never be like oh that dude can spit but this guy he's he hits the same rhyme flow for like you know 12 15 16 bars would just keep doing the same thing but he's singing people think of him as like a, a jam band pop singer but yeah, the 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 flow and how the words come out is that's such a big thing to me. So yeah, trying to shorten up and still get my point across, still still tell the same story 
and in less time is is such a it's such a uh it's a, such a brain workout for me well so long short regardless of genre like if you i'll leave you guys with this so what is the what's the one song right now if someone's like hey what's the one thing that if someone came up to you with like what's something that i should check out right now what's the song that you're like you only get one of mine what, any Oh, if anybody. Well, let's do well. Let's do one of yours. I want one that you guys do together. So, what is one of yours? And then I know what mine is. I want to know what his. Okay, what his is. But oh, I want to. It can be any of your other bands. One of too. yours, and then what is one? Just any song that you're just like. If someone's like, "Hey, looking for some music suggestions," you can give them one song outside of you and one song that is you. So that's what hard because I do that with weddings, and I always like to feel. I have one for every different person. Hey, that's the challenge. Yeah. yeah. I'm too I'm too math brained and so I'm like, okay, you have to be either way more specific with this category or give me ten options because I I can't answer like this is the one song that somebody should listen to because I the, the other thing and I'm try I'm gonna try not to go off on too much of a tangent. When I get into something, I go into that thing and I will listen to it almost until I hate it. And then something else will catch my fancy and I'll move on. And so uh, over the but, years, I have a few bands that I've always come back to and have stuck with me through all those like those swings. Mm-hmm. But like, I'll be honest, one of my favorites from the last couple of years uh, is Olivia Rodrigo. She's uh, She came out with that song Driver's License, which was this real like slow kind of sappy song. She was one the of these Disney, Disney Channel, Channel persons. But she came out. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. I was like, how do I know that name? Yeah. Okay. But, she, but then she released this album that's like punk, punk rock. and rock and like real just straight up guitars and singing and in your face and i was a part of another thing for a little while and i i often don't lead singing songs in the bands that i'm in but i was like hey we need to fill out this set because we don't have you know enough of these other songs finished we should do one of these covers not just because it's current but just because it's like just a really good song so in terms of like something that's come out recently um uh, good for you was one of the singles off of her album, and it's just like yeah, it, it has it's one that sounds like misery business. Yeah, from... it's it's got heavy influences from other people, but it's still I think it's like a great example of kids who like you know most people would think of somebody her age as being either into Taylor Swift or hip hop or like some very yeah. distinct category, but she's taking influence from like the emo and the punk, the 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 rock part of the emo yeah. scene, and then putting her own spin on it with. I mean that that whole album is very centered lyrically on this idea of a relationship that just ended. Yeah. So it's not like you'll get something necessarily out of that one over another song, but like it's just a great example of taking like a piece of something great that was, you know, Misery Business was 2008 or 2009. Mm-hmm. So even though it's like, oh that's a recent song to be sampling, that's almost 15 years ago. Yeah. Like depending on when in 2008 a song came out, there's songs from 2008 that are this year 15 years old. Yeah. So you talk about oh they're they're taking stuff that's not even that old. 2008 is almost 15 years. 2008 2009. So she's taking stuff from when she was very very young and you know making it her own. So in terms of like something to check out, give it a chance more than if you're not into pop, give it a chance more than just pop because it's it's interesting to see how somebody who came up from like the Disney manufactured like thing that people are just like, Oh, they're just an industry plant, but she's a great singer and she's a great songwriter. And I really enjoy some of the places that she's taken her influences and shown, you know, some of that other stuff. I'm gonna have to think about like one of ours because it changes so often. What's in terms of like something that's out there right now for you. What do you think? 
I would put Ave Chicave. That would be the song that I would tell. Even though that's probably one of my least, not least. Uh, it's. It, it, I would say, if you cut in popularity my songs to the top fifty percent and the lower fifty percent, yeah, I would say it lands in probably like the thirties and forties as far as like streaming what people listen to. People don't really connect with that song as much, but that personally is one of my favorite songs that I've released and one of my favorite songs that I've written. Um, just the vibe of it and the song that I'm writing now kind of has that feel and I know I should keep along with um, this other song that I have as long as you're with me um, which that one is equally I feel like I put a lot into that but Avi Chikave just the vibe and the feel and one of my favorite guitar parts that he's made is on that track it just has this feel which is kind of an ode to um, you remember the pop singer Jesse McCartney Blonde hair, yeah, surfer yeah. looking. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. So he was like he, on TV or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, on yeah. um um Everwood or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I did. And, yeah. And he I actually met him <laughs> like two years ago because um my buddy was gonna play drums for him, so we were like chilling in his dressing room. It's super cool. But he had a song, and the vibe of my song kind of gave me that feel. And the song is it's super pretty. It's like oh. This is super pretty vibey song and all that, but the song is kind of dark, even though it's one of like, I would say it's one of my prettiest songs, one of my more prettier songs, but it's about a friend of mine who was like heavy into the party and drug scene and just kind of spiraling in that. But you wouldn't really know about that song. Even the song Ave Chicave sounds like, it looks like like a like a Latin word, especially with Ave in there. But it's just her name flipped around. I took her name. Oh, okay. And it's her f- full name, too. But I took her last name, flipped them, and then I, like, went backwards and then put them. And then I took the half and flipped it. And then it got this pretty word. And that's one of my favorite songs to play. I'm trying to think of – I'm trying to go through, uh, like, stuff. Because um, there's so many Magic City Hippie songs. And then there's – um, Colony House, who we had headline Bright Winter, they're oh my gosh, they're so good. They're they're so good from the rock to like almost they're even kind of getting into the Beastie Boys type ish. They're surf rock people, but they're from Nashville, so they have all the heavy guitars and the pretty wall of sound. Um, and then um, it's either one of them, one of their songs, Magic City Hippies, or John Bellion. He had a big hit a few years ago, but he's a big writer. He, You'll see him, and then he'll go hide for five, six years. But he has a heavy hand. Like, he wrote, um, he wrote the, um, what's it called? Um, what's that Eminem song? That I'm friends with the monster that's under my bed with Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. That, it's, I think it's called Monster. Hate the Way You Lie. Um, no, that was, uh, that is the one with uh, Eminem and Rihanna was, I think it was Love the Way You yeah. Lie. Yeah. Love the Way You Lie, yeah. But yeah, I think it's Monster. But he wrote that for, for, for them. And then he wrote for, he's a super person that loves the music over popularity he told beyonce no so that he could give a song to christina aguilera because he thought that christina sounded better she was a better yeah and beyonce's people are like stop playing what number 
And he's like, no, like seriously, I'm I'm not gonna give it to her. And he goes, Beyonce said she wanted the song. Beyonce's gonna get the song. He goes, sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna give it to you. And he was like, I love Beyonce, but I'm over it. Like I'll take this and put this over this. And Justin Bieber's last album, which is actually pretty good, out of let's say there's 18 songs in there, I can't remember. He wrote 11 of them, and so his sound is is still and then. Like, he wrote for Selena, and then he wrote Halsey's, like, three of her songs he wrote. So he's behind a lot of the songs that are popping right now, but he's got a real eclectic. He actually has a song called Fashion about the difference in fashion and music, and he'll add all this stuff into there. Um, I'll say Hand of God by John Bellion. That song is amazing because if you hear that song, his song, The Human Condition, which is about the human condition, um... He has all these songs on his album and then takes every chorus from all the songs and puts in a huge, almost theatrical reprisal in the last song. And I kind of did that. I kind of took from that vein and I, my song, As Long As You're With Me, is all the titles of every song on 5 a.m. to midnight in one chorus. So I say, you know, okay. I say the show goes on, down to the midnight, always going down because I have going down. Um... When I'm up in arms, all I need to stop free falling, which is on there, is you working with me because of work. And then there's a bunch of things in there. So each in the bridge contains pieces of white tombstones. Because I was like, how do I say white tombstones in the song? Because that's another one of the songs. But each each chorus is in the last of mine. And that's so as far as a writer, John Bellion is my favorite writer. So I'll say Ave Chikave, it would be the song of mine. And then Hand of God by John Bellion, because that's one of the super oh you're hiding something in there and then this and this oh and this person is doing this and the background voice is singing this on this song i love nerding out and oh oh he just tucked this in there that that i could talk about that <laughs> that stuff for days well hey i'm glad you talked about any stuff tonight i, yeah. I do i really am i i I enjoy talking about this kind of stuff you know yeah. just you know i'm i hope you guys had fun just kind of sitting here just talking yeah. shit about Music, stealing cookies, Definitely. you know, what being movie, first time fathers. What movie, if you had one random movie, because you're super into movies, what random movie that you don't think I've seen? That's not too scary. Would you would you say that I should? <laughs> yeah, should I, yeah, yeah I, I can't not be. Scary. I'll be sitting there like this. Yeah. I'm scared. No scary. What 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 would you pick? What movie? Big Trouble in Little China. That's with that's um, on my list. Uh, Kurt Russell. Go see it tonight. Stay Who, up who's, late. Who's the who's the supporting actor in that? It's it's uh it's uh Kurt Russell, it's Kim Cattrall, yeah, and uh, the uh there's people, the, the rest of it is just like uh, yeah. Asian act. It, it's almost yeah. exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, there are guys in that movie you know them, I was about to say, but you I was, don't know their name. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that movie because the Believe movie's not, incredible. I w- I will watch that movie again. I know I've seen it. Um, but we are in my family were big Jackie Chan fans. We had a DVD rack, probably yeah. 20 movies across. The whole middle rack is just for Jackie Chan. Yeah. But not just like American Jackie Chan, because we don't really like that. Uh, we like the the new line cinema Jackie Chan where he was making a lot of the dub stuff. Yeah. But then even the real cheap 70s. Old school like kung fu movies. Yeah. yeah those are great. The... the um, the snake and crane and yeah, all that. those are those are all cl- yeah. I love those too. Yeah. I I say Big Trouble in Little China because it literally has almost everything you want in a movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny 
It's got action. It's Kurt got Russell. it's kind of over the top. It's yeah. super eighties. Yeah. It has, I think, from eighty standards, obviously with CGI and everything, that there's better. It has one of the coolest sword fights I think you're ever gonna see. Okay. Yeah. Um and just it's like a buddy crime yeah. thriller, funny. There's some horror stuff, yeah. awesome fight scenes. It's just cool. Yeah. It's eighties cool. Yeah. If you yeah, and and you know a, yeah. I was a kid in the eighties and and I was just like Fuck, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's one of those that I and it's timeless to me. It, yeah. it, and for me, I suggest that just because it that's mine. That where I'm like, right. I think everyone should see that, no matter if you even dig those kind of movies. Yeah. What would you what would you say? What's your movie? I'm gonna go out on it's I think I wanna say it's either like really early nineties, might be very late eighties. Uh, big Star Wars fan, which got me onto Harrison Ford. One of my all-time favorite movies. I can't remember which one came first off the top of my head. It's either Patriot Games or Clear and Present Danger. Patriot Games, I think, came first. Mm. Okay, so Clear and Present Danger is the one that I like better then. There's just something about, like, the way... I I, I, I couldn't I even put it one. into words, but, like, there's just something about seeing him as this family man who's, like... Not forced to do things necessarily, but pulled in a way that it's clearly not what he meant for his role to be in that job. And then just seeing him go out because he's Han Solo already by that point, obviously. But if you know much about Harrison Ford, you know he's got a lot of disdain for Star Wars. So seeing him do very Han Solo-like stuff, but not Star Wars is a very interesting thing to watch. Yeah. Um, So just seeing him in those movies because it's similar to the 80s because I think it's – I think Patriot Games – was like 91 or 92 and then clear and present danger was like a year or two after that because they they came out in pretty close succession so it's like still got a lot of that feeling of an 80s action movie but with barely any more modern but some slightly more updated you know preferences or styles i guess you would say and so it's still it's still got the ridiculous like scene where they're shooting at each other with machine guns and it's blowing up all the cocaine and stuff so it's still very gratuitous (laughs) in that sense but it just there's something about the way that that he portrays that so differently than a kurt russell or a arnold schwarzenegger or one of those other guys from like when you think 80s action heroes, you don't think Harrison Ford. No, but he was big. But he, he was, was doing it. He was doing it really yeah. well and in a way that I think was pretty distinct to him. Like, I don't, I wouldn't compare the way he, he was did a little that. bit older than them, wasn't he? Yeah. So yeah, he, but, but he wasn't doing action. Like, he wasn't walking yeah. around and fucking cut off shirts and shooting right, guns right. and shit. Like, like no. his Jack Ryan movie, he's like yeah. pretty clothed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's wearing a suit throughout most yeah. of the fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 yeah. But Harrison Ford, he's one of those guys that had a very impressive track record of he pretty killer movies. He was the suave guy that we didn't know we we needed. He was always there. <laughs> he was he, but that he was just, overshadowed he was with the, the Batman we didn't deserve, but the Batman we needed. Yeah. But I mean, you think about all that. I mean, you think about the uh, the Star Wars movies, the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. You, the 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 Jack Ryan movies, then you got movies like Blade Runner, Witness. Yeah, this dude Fugitive, this dude just knocked out yeah. hit after hit yeah. after hit. Air Force One. Yeah, what was that Get one submarine movie? Plane. What's that? What was that one submarine movie? Was the he Hunt in... for Red October? N- was that him? He oh, wasn't in. No, U five seventy one. Oh yeah, he, he was, wasn't in. He that was either. in that. No, okay. that was a good okay. one though. Yeah, I wish I could tell you to watch this movie, but it's not anywhere. It's called Meteor Man. 
It's a uh, Wait, he's with Robert Townsend. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. You've seen that. Yeah. Well, you're like one of like ten people that's not. <laughs> it's black. Robert Townsend. Do you remember Robert Townsend's show on HBO? Yeah, it was fucking classic. You know, um, my brother tweeted him. He tweeted and he and he retweeted it. You know the new Netflix show Kaleidoscope, where you can watch them in yeah, any yeah, order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He directed half of those episodes. Did he? Yeah. Robert Townsend. It, it's I. Uh, they a, crossed over Meteor Man into Marvel. Yes. Yeah. I Robert Townsend is one. To you just me. got like ten times cooler. Oh, because thank you. My family lives off of movie quotes, and Meteor Man always. Well, and and because you're such a hip hop fan, everybody's in that movie. Oh Not yeah. Even, oh like, god. Yeah. Meteor Man. It's 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 Cypress the, Hill, Big Daddy yes. Kane, uh, Luther Vandross, Big Daddy. Yeah. Anything Big Daddy Kane's and gets cooler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but happened? I mean, like Meteor Man, Bismarcky, Bismarcky, like Meteor Man was was one that. Obviously, I thought it was really, really cool. The thing, and I don't know why, I loved his show on HBO. Yeah. His show on HBO was amazing. Like, the bold, the black, the beautiful. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. It was in living color before in living color. And I think vastly superior. Yeah. But then he did, and I don't know why this movie stuck with me so much. It was almost like a cooler, newer, but not as popular version of that thing you do, and a lot darker was a movie called The Five Heartbeats. The Five Heartbeats, yeah. It's an amazing movie. Five Heartbeats is such a the great movie. The Five Heartbeats is an amazing yeah. movie. It's yeah. so, so, so good. I, yeah. That's what I, well, I would have said you should watch out, but you've clearly seen yeah, it. Yeah, the, the Five, five Heartbeats, Heartbeats is incredible. Yeah, we used to watch oh that. Oh my God, is that good. I yeah. can't believe... That's a movie that I bet that movie comes out now. I think that movie might be in like a Golden Globe contender. Yeah. It's so good. Robert Townsend is, is definitely he's one of those um, trailblazers, trailblazers that had to do something so that people could do what they're doing now. Yeah, and he paved a way, and no one remembers he actually did it. Yeah, it, like it's, Meteor it's very, Man and doing what they had with the limited resources, yeah. with the flying and all of that. Don Cheadle, young Don Cheadle, Goldilocks <laughs> so in there. Good. Yeah. Well, actually. The last Super Bowl show, um, when Kendrick Lamar came out, if you go back and rewatch it, they're dressed up like Golden Lords. They all oh, have, I didn't and they realize. have the thing just like the Golden Lords. I so didn't it's an ode that. to the Golden Lords, which is funny because that has nothing really to do with the West Coast and all yeah. that stuff. It was in DC that movie was, but I used to be scared of that movie because I was always I, I had a super fear of gangs when I was a little kid. But oh my gosh, that movie's so good, and I quote it all the time, especially James Earl Jones lines. I, you cannot believe how many people are in that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy to think. Yeah. As I'm thinking about it now, like, I cannot believe yeah. how many people are in that movie. Everybody. That, it was like the, um, it's like those movies now where they have the superstar cast. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 But it was like that of all the black actors back in the day and hip-hop artists. Yeah, it was like the black hip-hop 80s like Avengers. expendables who's who yeah 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 the who, you took all, it's like the expendables like everyone that was kind of like a cool 80s action star they threw in the expendables it, it was the same thing it's all these people that were hitting about to hit or you didn't yeah. know what to hit or you didn't know where icons all thrown the same yeah. i it's crazy. like who's thinking of soft crooning luther vandroff as being a uh a, a silencing totem pistol <laughs> killer yeah, yeah but it worked yeah the movie's so cool i think you need to go on a vacation <laughs> oh my gosh i yeah. love that you've seen the five heartbeats the I, five heartbeats i can't even explain the movie to is, people is i can't a phenomenal yeah it's kind of like the temptations movie just more dark in um, every one of them had varying success in terms of like the, the people that played the five heartbeats obviously yeah. robert townsend yeah. uh uh leon played his brother yeah um Leon, uh, just Leon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, God, how cool are you? Yeah. Um, you have uh, I cannot. You know him because I'm Jamaican, and Cool Runnings is 
you know. Yeah. Cool Runnings, another great movie. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that movie. But then like uh uh um you know the the uh the guy that played he was in the principal, he played Omar on Oz. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Um and then the other guy I remember was in uh like again, just other movies. He was in like Universal Soldier. Yeah. None of them hit the way that to me they should have hit. Right. You know? Right, 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 right. And I was that to this I still think that movie is so and it's so it's good and it's funny and it's it's it shows what the music industry and like how it kind of eats eats you up and chews you out. It's mm-hmm. got a real dark side with you know the the drug idol past, and you have the yeah. redemption story at the end and the church. It's just yeah, it's oh god, and it's just one of those movies that I just can't really explain to people, and they're like, I've never heard of that. Yeah, and then I'm like, look it up, and they're like, I've looked it up. It's, I don't know. You can't of find movie. it. Like I I had Meteor Man on DVD, and then we lost it. Yeah, and now I can't find it. My mom has. A I copy. tried watching the Five Heartbeats on like YouTube, like yeah. a little, like like a couple months ago. I was like, I got to revisit that movie. I love it so yeah. much. And the only DVD you can find of Meter Man right now is like a hundred dollars on Amazon. It's like from some third, 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 fifth party seller. Oh, I want to get that on DVD because that's, that's <laughs> one of my favorite. I do, movies. man. I just love that so. I'm so glad that we talked about that because I have literally not talked about the Five Heartbeats or Meteor Man with anyone in probably 15 yeah. years because a lot no of people one knows what it nobody is. Nobody knows it. We were we were driving to my mom's <laughs> new house and one of the side streets was Reed and I said. We wouldn't. I told my wife, and she'll just like let me go on a tangent. I said we wouldn't be in this position if it weren't for Jefferson Reed. And then, and then I said, "I'll leave. I'll leave." And I'm just having this conversation with myself. She goes, "What the heck?" And I said, "Reed Street." But, I did. Now I just want to find all those because, yeah, and I really want to go back to like the 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 sketch comedy of the Robert of Robert Townsend show. Yeah. It's it's so good. I need to and watch funny. it because we didn't have cable until I was in my later teens. It was ahead. It was funny. It was it, again like you. I think you put that show on now, and everyone's like, yeah. "This show's genius." Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really really funny. Yeah. But it's just you know, Robert Townsend just was never really a huge name, he's but he was great. a super talented guy. Super great because a lot of these Netflix originals that have been coming out have been kind of trash. Oh, because they're just terrible. like quantity. Yeah. But this Kaleidoscope. It's actually pretty good. It definitely usually these heist movies make me be like, oh yeah, I could be a bad, I could be a bad guy. I could pull off a couple heists. But this movie made me be like, I'm staying myself home. Yeah, I'm never gonna be a heist person. I'll check ever. it out. I didn't know he was involved in it. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's cool. And you got to tell me which order. You have to watch White as the last one, but you can watch any of them in a different order. And I and I and I started with Green, and then I, I wonder watched. why. Yeah, <laughs> well, it technically is the first one, but I recommend starting with Green and then jumping, and then I jumped around, and it was I actually liked the order that I watched, and it was kind of like a choose your own adventure, and then you mm-hmm. see the story unravel in a different way. But yeah, he, I think he directed, like, I think there's eight episodes, and he directed like six of them, six or All seven right. of them. But yeah. I'll definitely check it out. I was great. I was so happy to I'll see definitely his, check that his out. name, and I texted my sister. I said, Robert Townsend de- directed this, but yeah, I realized I missed. A very important part of the prompt, which is something that recommend a movie that you might not have seen. I totally just went with like straight up, like very popular and successful movies. And something that you just said reminded me of one that is not a classic by any means. In fact, I don't know if you can get it on streaming platforms. You ever seen Jumper with Hayden Christensen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I saw that movie in theaters, I think. <laughs> yeah. I just, I saw something, I saw like a clip from it the other day and I was like, 
they just don't make movies about something that had never been done before and then not they make play. them into sequels anymore. Yeah. It was like the story was, I don't know if maybe it was based on a book. I've I like one and done. But it, yeah, you want to know why? It's like, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because yeah. it's like, if you only make one, it's like, oh, we never got to see where it would go. But then if they made a sequel, they'd be like, oh, they should have left and it And they one. definitely left it open enough for now. Mm-hmm. If it was now, then it's definitely going to have some. There's going to be four could, of them, yeah. Yeah. But like, just in terms of, you just watch a movie, you don't need to know the lore. It's not like a super heavy fantasy thing. That movie's thing. not even that good. Like, it's it's good. It's a fun watch. I it's won't say watch. it's a great movie. See, I... Along the same lines, there's a movie with uh, Chris Evans called Push. I love Push. I did too. Oh, with yeah, the yeah, yeah. with the one girl who always looks sad. Yeah, and um, uh, everyone Dakota Fanning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, Diamond it's, Hansu. It's such, and it has that guy we were yeah. talking about earlier. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, in yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the guy with the uh, yeah, Chris Cliff Curtis. Yeah, yeah, he's in that. Movie. He's in that movie. I thought that movie because again, I dig those kind of like. Weird sci-fi, like early not 2000s. necessarily superhero movies, but yeah, weird. but like they have that influence that, like, especially because VFX were becoming, yeah, even if they weren't great, they were the the threshold for being able to do them at all was lowering so much. Yeah, like yeah. you couldn't make Jumper in the nineties; there was no way. Like, but you know, you get computers now; you can do these. Chris Evans things. was in some bangers. Like, have you ever Perfect seen Score? You oh, take oh, come on, man. You cellular, remember? cellular, cellular was so good. Jason Statham, yes, being a bad guy, but he. He's not f- kicking doors and stuff. Cellular was so underrated. It was a good, underrated, And who fun was the bad movie. white guy? The one who has the uh, oh, cellulite face? shit. What is he's his name? He's in so many things. Another one, yeah. Yeah. He's in so Chris many Evans things. Chris Evans has a lot. Like uh, uh, Snowpiercer's really... Like stuff outside Snowpiercer of... Snowpiercer is so... Very good. That movie is out. So It's God, so... That it movie's bizarre. When I was watching that movie, I was like... When I understood the premise, I was yeah. like, the fuck? Yo, have you heard the conspiracy that that's Willy Wonka... Yes. Yeah. You've watched that. Oh my gosh. So you dive into YouTube like me. Oh, I, I get s- lost. I get, I get lost. Yeah. Real lost. I told I somebody. Lost. I said, I said early stages of YouTube was like, like well, wild Reddit. And I'll clamp onto something and I can't stop until I know everything about yeah. it. Yeah. Or at least, and I'm like, cool. And then they're like, oh, but. What does that guy think about yeah, it? Like, yeah. I will clamp on yeah. to stuff like well, that. Snowpiercer, yeah. That's... My favorite part about that stuff on YouTube, though, and I prob- I guarantee I watch more YouTube than both of you combined, but <laughs> is the fact that because people can have control over everything start to finish, even if I have zero interest in a subject matter, you can just tell that somebody's super passionate about something. Yeah. And because they're driving it, they're shaping it, and they're doing it all themselves. I watched multiple hour-long videos about games or movies or music that that I've never heard of, probably won't ever listen to, watch or play or whatever, but hearing people like explain what it means to them and like do deep dives on the nitty-gritty stuff, I've I've probably watched days worth of videos like about the rock stuff. star guys talk about certain Marvel things. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, and I like Marvel stuff, but when those guys be diving super deep or the guys who talk about the different um like horror movies and they and they give reviews on oh and they did this and this story went with this and this mm-hmm. and that i'm just like i'll never watch this movie i don't even like this movie i hate this movie but I, 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 but it's I, interesting oh, yeah. to see what you enjoyed about it and yeah. how you go yeah. about telling that story especially yeah. movies that i don't like it because mm. sometimes i'll try and be, i didn't like this movie i didn't like it at all or those movies where I don't understand them. Like or you I don't just... understand why so many people like them. Yeah. But then you find a video where it's like, you know, you try to, you know, 
an example of why YouTube's so great. As someone who doesn't know how to tie a tie, you could watch 10 videos where they're trying to explain it. It doesn't make sense. But then you see that one where they just say that right word. And, oh, you know, that's what they mean by it goes around the horn. Yeah. You see, like, I don't understand that's why definitely, everybody. definitely happened, especially with mixing. And I don't understand why everybody loves this movie. But then you see, like, the right little video essay. Or even if it's yeah. a short review, just like. Oh, I totally missed like what you know what they had going yeah. into it, so I didn't see that. Which before. is why Fast and Furious Six is so good. Boom, Boom. and full circle. There I'll, we go. I'll, I have them. I have them. My buddy and he he drive up from Columbus, and we'll watch another one. Yeah, and then we'll watch, and then I'll tell him. I'll be like, "All right, and this is because this and this and this person did this." And he was like, "Which way are we gonna watch them?" I said, first we'll watch them in." in order of when they came out and then we'll go back and get real funky yeah. with it because you can get pretty funky and oh yeah i love just like i used to say paul walker was one of my fa- favorite not like great actors because he's not a great actor but i loved watching him on screen and he's like rob Lowe. One oh of those yeah guys just look so good but i actually know people who have met him and they're like he's as nice as person my friend was uh filming that Hours movie, which is a really stressful movie. It's about Hurricane Katrina. Um, and he has a jaundiced baby, and he's got a hand crank to keep her alive and defend the baby off from floods and looters and all that. But anyways, my friend's on the set, and he literally is the star of the movie. And he walked up to her, an extra. I was like, hi, I'm Paul. What's your name? <laughs> and just introduced, like, of course I know who you are. You're Paul Walker. But yeah, that's Paul Walker is probably one Paul of my Walker? favorite. Forget about it, cuz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Paul Walker is my favorite. I, I said forget about it, cuz. Paul Walker is so great. I just saw that clip. I I knew what it was from, but I yeah, obviously I just saw it called like two days ago. I and love I was the, like, Fuck, the that pan is funny. of the scene. They it went it tight on him, too. I forget, forget about it, I said forget about it, cuz. I use that all the time. I might call this episode forget about it, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to. Well, there's say, no Z. It's cuz. C-U-H. Cuh? Yeah. Cuh. All right, that's cool. Yeah, that. especially on the west west coast, they always said that was like, uh, and <laughs> and he definitely dove deep into his west coast roots with his, you know, dickies. He probably hired like a dialect coach to say "cuh." Yeah, he's <laughs> great. Well, dude, like, what? Uh, where can everybody find your guys' stuff? You could go to you could Google Jewel Big Green J U L B I G Green, um, Spotify. Apple Music, you can run up my Spotify plays because I look at those numbers and then I self-loathe. Um, <laughs> YouTube, any of that. You can call out the color green seven times and I'll just appear. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to tax the color one day. I'll For be somebody who doesn't like horror movies, it's really nice of you to commit to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tax the color one day so that I get a percentage of everything green. Good. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'll have some stuff coming out this year because it's, it's been a while of sitting sitting holding my stuff so yeah i'm gonna give a couple i'm gonna definitely uh have my cape keep, keep it to myself type of person but i'll give a couple crumbs in a little bit leave them out but yeah man Good, thanks man. for having me oh of course man. i'm glad you both came man that's this again this is kind of this is what i, like <laughs> I brought doing, another man. talker <laughs> hey no them. that's good dude man, we honestly be, we be talking we, this you know the, there's talking. a the, there's an aspect of, of doing this that's that's difficult at times you know because yeah. you know i don't know you guys yeah you know if, if if someone comes over here and they're not super talkative yeah you know and i, I have definitely to kind of I, I gotta pull it out of them and you know and i love watching an interviews like that <laughs> which i like nope. i love watching interviews 
of when the artist is off on their off day yeah. and they're not feeling it and just seeing they're how tr- awkward the interviews are trying so hard. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the other thing too is like you know if someone like reaches out and it's like, can I come on? Like, nah. Because ah. you want to come on, that means you like gotcha. when someone's like, I don't understand why you want to have me on. I'm like, that's who I want to talk to. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You know, just like and I honest... felt bad because I kept being like, oh yeah, hold on. Let me nah, look at we this started day. in the holidays. You know, we, you and I started talking like you know, like right before the holidays, yeah. and I was trying. And the to... holidays be so crazy, I and know, I'd be man. feeling bad because there's people that I'm supposed to DJ at their wedding. And I'm like, uh, uh, no, give me fine. a little bit. And then it's like right after the new year, I get that other win. I'm like, okay, now we can talk. All now right, we can, well, we we'll make it up this. to you. The next time we come on, we'll just be really quiet. We won't bring any cookies. We'll wear we'll just, that. We'll wear, we'll wear balaclavas <laughs> so you can't see if our. If you faces. guys show up here again and don't have cookies, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> okay, well, I don't really know what you want to talk about. Next time uh, we'll have homemade cookies, or next time we'll bring Kool Aid instead. Yeah, and and green green cookies. That's when I knew me and my wife were meant to be for Valentine's Day, which we don't even really celebrate Valentine's Day. We she <laughs> she made me a huge cookie cake, and I love cookie cake because it's like a it's, bar. Yeah, but it was in a heart shape, but it was dyed green. No, I, cook, cookie cake is it? I don't. If someone has a choice when they're just like, "What kind of cake do you want?" They don't say cookie cake. I don't get you. If you had an option to get cookie cake and you opted for something stupid, yeah, you know what? And homemade cookie cake because. It's sometimes cookie cake from the store can be a little bit too gooey. Yes, yes. Just like crumble. I think if crumble just cooked it a little bit longer, it'd be a lot better. Because sometimes it's too doughy. I'm just like, if I want a cookie dough, I would go to, you know, Giant Eagle and just bust open the cookie Hot dough. I take about crumble. I'm, I'm here for it. But like coming out saying they need to do it a little bit longer. Yeah, like do it a little bit longer. It would be so much better. My wife, when when my birthday comes around, when, yeah. when, when my, my last birthday, my wife just... Only made the stuff that she knew that I just loved. Yeah, and for me, and it's a weird blend. But she was like, I made a bunch of deviled eggs because I just love deviled eggs, and Solid. she's like, got you a cookie cake too. I'm like, cookie, man, cakes. we just re up for another year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just like my cable subscription. Yeah. Boom, we just got another year. <laughs> Congrats to you. Congrats to both of us. Oh my gosh, I love it. That is too, man. You can definitely. I'm Jamaican, but you can tell. That I grew up with a lot of Eastern Euro, uh, Eastern European influences because you see me there with French fries and um, uh, and and uh, stuffed cabbage. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm having on my birthday. <laughs> hey, those are good picks, man. Yeah, you got to take advantage when your wife's like, "Hey, man, whatever you want for your birthday." I'm just like, "Cool." All my Polish, I'm gonna name all my Polish friends. Yeah. Leave it, pierogi. pierogi. Can't go wrong, pierogi either, man. I just made um, uh, Parmesan. Um, what was it? Creamy parm- garlic parmesan, but I added and it was spinach with spinach in it. But I added Italian sausages because obviously it yeah. just makes it better. But with the bow tie pasta, I added progies into that too. Mini progies. So sometimes you eat bow tie pasta, and sometimes you get a nice little cheddar potato in there, and. That made it. It's like a choose your own adventure. Yeah, it made it that much better. And I said, had a little, add a little Cleveland in there with the little pierogies. <laughs> that might have been the single best food analogy for a Jewel Big Green album I've ever heard. Exactly. Taking garlic parmesan <laughs> with bow tie pasta, but some of them are mini pierogies. Yeah. That was incredible. Pierogies. With Italian sausage. With Italian That's, sausage. Hey, got a little meat. Mix it up. That's you pulled, don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a show, but like you're pulled from all these different places, but every single one of those things could go with one of the other. Yeah. And it takes somebody being like, put all five of them in the same dish. And Why I was not? It's like this. Just throw them in there. My wife's Italian. I said, I just, 
<laughs> throw them in there. And then, <laughs> you know, got a little jerk seasoning on the side, too. Yeah. Well, you know, the next time I've been, I started this, uh, this, uh, what's going to be a series because I have another one that I'm doing this month. It's, I'm just calling it Guiltless and Chill, where we just watch a movie and talk about it. Uh, you guys should just come on for one of hey, those. Hey, why don't we just do we gotta bring Little China? Oh, shit. We gotta well, bring, like, well, but have you guys one. seen it, though? I haven't. Have you? I've seen it, but I, have, See, I don't thing, remember it. The thing about it is, like, like the last time I did it, I did it with Top Gun, which I've seen a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I just watched that for the first time this year That's or last year. That's insane to me. You should talk to my wife. She's just watched it this year, And too. it was great. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a super 80s movie. But so much in that movie, and that we talked about that in the yeah. episode with uh, I, it, Mike Went and Laura Wimballs came on, and we talked about it. There's so many things that just well, Laura, who had never seen it either, just keeps looking at us, and we're just like, it was 1986. Mm-hmm. She's like, why the fuck is this happening? Yeah, why did she say no to him in the bar, and he followed her in the bathroom? Like, oh, well, we weren't doing all that. Don't <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There's that was that was cute in 1986. I showed my wife the Friday movies recently. Oh yeah, yeah. and there's so much stuff. Mom was yeah. like, "Why did he say yeah. that word?" Why? And I, I was oh, like, yeah. "I said, well, the black community is like ten years behind her." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's what, and that's what it is like. But like we can't really listen to it like full volume on. I think there might be some copyright shit. So yeah. it's usually something that we've all seen a bunch. And yeah. we'll just watch the movie and then just like this just joke around about the whole I don't time. remember and I think if I saw it I would see little pieces of it that I remember, but I don't actively remember uh Let's do a Harrison Ford one then. It seems like yeah. we only one of those. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, the key is to pick one that you've seen like that we've all seen like 10 times that I yeah. can just just sit there and listen to and watch and joke around about. And yeah. I'm like, I already know what's coming up next. Right. like that. So, well, this is cool, guys. Thanks again for coming. Yeah, I do man. appreciate it. Joey, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Rufus, so excited to meet you. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll end it with uh, the, and I'm still kind of digging into your catalog, but yeah. uh, what is it? Goes on. Yeah. That's my jam right now. Which one, the original or the remix? I think it was the original. Okay. But, that uh, is one oh no, of, it is the original one. Yeah, that is the one of the truest songs. The first one of the that was song predates pretty much all my catalogs. Yeah, that song I, uh, even I really my like first one. EP. It's like before most of those songs were even done because there's actually uh, a jazz version of it. Yeah. that I wrote. No, with. this wasn't a jazz version for sure. No. It was that one's original. not on streaming. It's only on Bandcamp. But goes on. I love that one because that was it tells of me how I play with my looper. Yeah. And I was like, I need to recreate something that's exactly like how it's on my looper. But yeah, I, I love that's that. That's my, as of now, that one's my favorite. And I've, I've, I've really absorbed a lot in the last two weeks, a lot in the last week, and yeah. nothing but today. But that's one that I just kept coming back to. I really, I really dug that track. Yeah. So I, I, again, appreciate you guys coming. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll definitely do this again. Thanks yeah, for definitely. the cookies, yeah, even though you is... stole a couple of them. It, but it, hey, man, you bought them, so technically they're yours. <laughs> But that's it. Thanks, guys. Thanks.